Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you live from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Just tra-la-la. north of sunny Monterey, California. Oh, yeah. Was it sunny down there today? Uh, I wasn't there today. Oh, hey, happy birthday, dickhead. <laughs> happy Thanks, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Liza, and uh, ooh, if you're watching on video, hey, I'm not running the board tonight. We got a new guy running. Mm. Ooh, this is going to hey, be fun. Hey. Say everyone, say hi to Stumpy John. Hey, hey. Running hi, the everybody. Running the, the board. So if it Howdy. sucks, blame Liza. It's all his fault. It's <laughs> <laughs> always his <laughs> Bad decision Wait, making. I didn't choose this job. It chose me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's see. Mm-hmm. Also in the room tonight, it's Douglas. Hey, how's it going? It go. It go. Uh, on the <laughs> classic girl couch tonight, mm. it's everybody's favorite dog. It's Little. Fork. <laughs> little the dog is joining us. She yeah. got special permissions this dog from her mom. Good. And of course, mm. lapping up the luxury and all the pets, it's Knock. I'm uh, glad to announce that. I am a plant dad. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, leave him alone. Emma. <laughs> HR will hear about this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's scary. Oh, Lord. Also, I'll put it away now. on the classy girl couch, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And don't forget to give it the beans. Exactly. And Jim... Oh, naked Jim. Uh, He's here too. Yes. Hey, hey. Nice to be back. And I agree with Emma. Give it the beans. When in doubt, give it the beans. Yes, exactly. When in doubt, bean it out. Every day. And you guys, God, there's so much going on now. Lots. I've been having to make Sophie's choices of what events (laughs) to attend. Uh, Liza, 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 you you forgot somebody. You forgot somebody. Oh. Well, he's because he I, he's supposed to be on the road doing a cannonball, but, but apparently you he's him. not. Oh, you no, forgot him. I it, never said I was doing a cannonball. I thought I thought you were cannonballing. No, no. See, this is why I saw all the cannonballers go. Well, it's our favorite cannonballer. <laughs> it's Bagel. My cannonball days are done. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> really? Yep. I, I I I thought you were on the cannonball. I'm like, yeah, Bagel no, isn't joining us. He's no, cannonballing. No. I'm doing the iron butt. <laughs> uh, I'm doing something a little bit easier. You're doing iron buttses. Yes. Yes. Eight eight cheeks and all. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're making a video of that. <laughs> you would totally pay for it's that. It's on his OnlyFans. And yeah, T minus uh, 12 hours, 48 minutes, and uh, eight seconds. Dang. Ooh. Nice. We, we have to wait a little bit longer. Hell yeah. I know, but still, we going, we going to Vintage Days. Yeah. Knox coming too. Dude. And I John. Too. Yeah. For the Plane first tickets time. are fucked up, bro. Dude, your liver's going to be are fucked up right in a week. I know. Oh, <laughs> I know. A little bit. Uh, by the way, John, I've never asked, are you a drinker? Yes. Hmm. Hey, you guys, should we place any bets on what time he will be naked by? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 10.30 yes. a.m. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the weather. Um, hey, before we get into it, I want to do a big shout out and apologies to the Cleveland oh. Moto Gang. <laughs> Why? Oh. What did we do now? I, I did. It's not something I did, but it's something that I didn't do a good, good enough job of preventing. Um, uh, if you are coming out to AMA Vintage Days, you know I'm going to be there doing the Rev Sisters Film Festival in the uh, AMA tent all weekend. 
Um, but on Saturday at 2 p.m., we're doing a podcast recording, which not just found out about, <laughs> uh, with the Cleveland Moto guys. And I kept telling the AMA guys when I was setting all up that it's the Cleveland Moto slash Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Okay. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, in the uh, schedule, printed schedule, it's just Motorcycles and Misfits oh, podcast. Boo. I felt oh. horrible about that. Is that, that's the story you're going with? Well, yeah, because, well, <laughs> hey, I want to give full credit because Phil is the one who introduced us to it yeah. in the first place. Can we just, like, wind nope. Phil up and let him talk for two hours? Are we sitting here <laughs> Pretty much. Well, beers? if we don't have Emma there, there's no chance of us getting <laughs> oh, okay. a word in. That's good. Um, no, but they introduced us to AMA. They've been doing the their podcast longer than we have. We've mm-hmm. been fans ever since we started. Mm-hmm. Um, they're way cooler and, than and we are. They're cooler. And yeah, there are good friends, and there are our hosts at this event. Right. It's, they still don't know anything about the top ten bikes ever made. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some conversation about that, I think. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, I'm just sad that Emma and Jim won't be there to be drawing pictures yeah. of leaking dicks while we're <laughs> recording live <laughs> in the AMA tent. No, unfortunately, Liza, I have a Vincent Black Shadow to finish, so I do apologize. Ooh, but, you know, if you're going to have a reason, that's a pretty good one. That thank you, Bagel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So Hi, we got a highfalutin type over here. Again, just <laughs> apologies uh, to that mistake. Oh my god! <laughs> and that is how I soiled the monkey. Soiled, it's the, wow. soiled the monkey. It was the dog. You want to check oh your pants? God. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, the uh, dog just died. <laughs> god, I think it enjoys it. <laughs> did, you, did you hear what she did? It's a ghost of Bosley, and that inhabited that dog. So you're a biological terrorist. So, so much going on. Yeah, next weekend is a big event. So, yeah, as we said, Bagel is riding cross-country. And we got us going out to AMA Vintage Days. Right. But these last two weekends have been also chock full of stuff. Chock o block. Um, this weekend fact. was the uh, IMS show up in Sonoma, which none of us went to that I know mm-hmm. of. But there were so many people there that we know that I always look forward to seeing, like Long Haul Paul and... Uh, just so so many people, and the IMS always they they always put on a really uh, good show. Well, Josh went. Uh, did he? Yeah, I'm sure there were people in attendance. We were just talking about it last night. But I I love that they put it out at the Sonoma Raceway, where it's all outdoors and like everyone just set up t- exhibitor tents and stuff. Mm-hmm. They found a way to make it COVID COVID safer, okay, which is really cool. Um, but I spent the last two weekends at Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca. Uh, having so much fun. Uh, weekend before. Yes. Um, at Moto America. Cool right. races. Um, and then this weekend. Well, can, can I talk about what I was doing last weekend, which is why I wasn't on the podcast? Uh, yes, you can. Thank you. Um, my very, very dear friend, Mike McCarthy who is also a misfit in every oh, way, shape, yeah. or form, got married. Yeah. So, um, well hey. done. Congratulations. Yeah, well done, mm. Michael. Oh, I thought you were about to talk about how he blasted his leg open. Well, he did that too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So, um, yeah, there was quite a few injuries, actually, at the wedding, because Mike, of course, was hobbling around on his on his crutch. Wait, weddings occurred at the wedding? I mean, uh, injuries occurred at no, the wedding? No, 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 but there were injuries present was at it, the wedding. Was it really there wicked pre- karaoke? What happened? Pre-injured people at the wedding, hmm. you know. Hmm. Um, but, no, I had a wonderful time, so thank you. 
Congratulations, Mike. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Well done, Mike. Yeah. Um, so a uh, bunch of us went down to Laguna Seca again this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you were at Moto America last weekend too, I was right, there Douglas? On Sunday, yeah. Uh, I went with You want to get that report? Sure. Yeah. It was fun. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> well, that ties oh, yeah, in we, perfectly with our report we, from <laughs> yesterday. I, I rode down with Charlie, yeah. and uh, the ride down there was cool. We got drizzled on, which was kind of weird, but it's also Monterey. Uh, we got there when the 600s were out, and mm. just that feeling of riding into Laguna Seca after not being to a race for so long mm-hmm. and hearing the sounds. and wow. Yeah, wow. it was so cool. I was getting yeah. goosebumps just riding in, you know. <laughs> Smelling the race gas. Yeah, so we got there when the 600s were out, and that was a cool race, and you know, we got free parking because we were on the bikes and uh, didn't have to walk far at all, and it was the crowd. It was crowded, you know, mm-hmm. but um, and nobody was wearing a mask, of course, but... Uh, yeah, we, we we posted up on uh, on turn three right in front of the jumbotron mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for a, oh, a, a couple hours. There. We were waiting yeah. for Jeremy and his girlfriend and <clears throat> and um and a couple other friends. And uh, yeah, we got to watch, we watched the baggers there. That was pretty cool. Mm. And it, it's absolutely ridiculous. The king of the baggers. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's just scraping tailpipes and all kinds of shit. <laughs> and so. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to say a uh, shout out to Alex, who's a listener. We bumped into Alex and also Bill. Uh, bumped into a couple listeners. And like I ran into Alex the first few minutes we were there. And we walked up to him, and he had a Motorcycles and Misfits shirt on. And uh, Charlie and I walk up to him. We're like, hey, it's Doug and Charlie from the podcast. And we you know we got our vampires vests on and shit. And he starts putting two two together, and he starts getting all stuttery. <laughs> it was so cute. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Are you a listener?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I, I listen occasionally, like every week." <laughs> so, super cool guy. We we shot the shit for about five minutes and uh, you know, went about our day. But yeah, just shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for for listening. Uh, the rest of the day was cool. We we went and posted up uh, the corkscrew and uh, the view from up there is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got the noise right behind you, and you can see majority of the track. Um, and we we wanted to do the go karts, but I think we missed it by, yeah. about, by about half an hour. So oh, they had they had go karts, yeah, yeah. set up in the parking lot, yeah, oh. in the parking lot, yeah. Oh, Just nice. a short short course, you know, nothing nice. nothing crazy. But we wanted to do that and we missed it. But uh, yeah, they had um they had a wall of death was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool, interesting. And, That's uh, always awesome. They had an inflatable ramp. They were doing uh, motocross uh, jumps. jumps. Yeah. I love that oh, and so, ramp is yeah. so cool. And so we're up on top by the corkscrew, looking down over the over the uh-huh. track, and we so all of a sudden we see bikes doing like double backflips back and, and shit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, the races were amazing. Um it was just so good to be back in that type of environment and being with friends and being able mm-hmm. to Yeah. Yeah, somebody was saying I didn't realize there was such a variety of bikes like the hooligan yeah, racing and all that. I thought hooligan. it was just like big twins oh, yeah. and stuff like that, but it was all sorts of stuff, huh? No, right. and there was a lot of action too. The races were great. Um l- l- lots of uh position changes and and coming down that last 30 seconds of the lap, you know, and then there's finally a pass right before the checkered flag and it was, mm. it, was it was cool. Dramatic. Yes. Oh, that was, was in the uh Super Holy game. That was in that the That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the two KTMs just clearly uh-huh. Taking the lead. Uh, I love that they had all those different bikes. It's a great finish, too, because it's a long straightaway. You know, they come really fast out of what are that 12, turn 12 or 13. Yeah, last under turn, that, that bridge left, there. Yeah, that last yeah. left-hander, and then they just, wow. Yeah, and they're, they're just, like, pulled away from the rest of the pack, and it's just battle for first and second. And you could tell when they come around turn one, turn two, you're like, okay, yeah, there, there it is. 
and you can't even see what numbers are on the bike because you're so far away, but you know that they're in first and second. Yeah. Well, this weekend we went back there for the um, ARMA races, which stand for, Emma? American Historic Motorcycle Racing Association. There it is. And talk about a little bit of everything, Jim. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you have uh, vintage bikes from like, there were like CB160s oh, out no, there. Oh, no, way before then. The, the, there was the What's the earliest bike I saw actually on the track being ridden in anger. Were, <laughs> um, there was uh, an Indian, a Norton, and it may have been a Harley, but it may have been another Indian from the 1940s. I was referring to engine size. I think cb Oh, well, in terms like of small, yeah the, yeah, the 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 twins, the little 160 yeah, little twins all the way up. Up to um, super bikes, super bikes. Oh yeah, sidecars. Sidecars. Oh god, the sidecars are so cool. The variety, the variety condensed in one small area was just amazing. And uh, I don't, I, I wasn't at the super bikes. I don't know how crowded it was, but I know for the Arma, it was not crowded at all. No. And Laguna is so accessible. We were able to walk through the, you know, the paddock, go through the actual garages, but. One of my favorite parts is just st- you can stand right where the bikes come onto the track from the from the pits, yeah. and you know in one race there had to have been thirty or thirty five motorcycles, four different different classes in one race on the grid. So at one time you got to see like thirty five motorcycles from spanning probably you know seventy years, all different ca- types of models just go all at once. It was crazy. Oh, not just all different types of models. How old was the oldest racer out there? Oh God, I think oh. he was eighty. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, Dave Roper was out yeah. there. Um, a lot of old guys racing. And make no mistake, you know, these, they're not riding around like old people. They are competing. Oh. And the bikes just look so sketchy. Those little 125 and 150 oh, wow. race bikes, tiny um, tires. You even had Yuri Berrigan out there. Yuri was out yeah. there. And oh, Yuri was out there. Nice. Dear Yuri, he did so well. He was you could ripping. see his frustration. And. The the trouble is, it's a mixed blessing because when you have all different classes out on a track, it actually makes for some exciting racing. But for the people who are genuinely fast, like Yuri, it can be frustrating. And he said he spent three quarters of the race just trying to get past the slow class. Hmm. And then when he was able yeah. to actually open it up and get it into his groove, he just ran out of race. Wait, so there were multiple classes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At oh, any yeah. one time. Yeah, they had four different classes starting <laughs> on the grid in one race. My favorite was that, that they one. had Jeez. the electric bikes out there with the two strokes. Yeah, yeah, because we were <laughs> listening, like other. we hear the motor, <laughs> the, the combustion bikes go by. Then was that odd whizzing sound in the middle of it. Like, wait, what was that? I kind of feel it sounds like a, a shit show as far oh, as no. racing goes. No. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. I mean, Laguna, it's its the racetrack. They was, always organize everything so well. Mm. Let's talk about uh, friends we ran into. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the first people we ran into when we got there. Rob, Rob Talbot. Was Rob Talbot. Rob holding court. He's great. Uh, yeah, on his really you know, cool BMW. Yeah, custom custom BMW. Rob yeah. always has his entourage around him. I mean, he's so charismatic. And he's Mr. Motorcycling, in my opinion. He really is. He's a, he's a good guy. He's like very, very generous with his time. He remembers yeah. people's name. Right. He took a what what model um, by R one hundred? What was that? It was an R one hundred seven. R one hundred seven. R one hundred seven, which would have been like a fared uh, bike. Stripped it down. Put um, uh, dirt bike bars on it. It's like a street put scrambler. Like a sixties mm-hmm. dirt bike kind of seat on it. Got custom pipes that were flipped upside down. 
stainless pipes that were now scrambler style. Okay. Because instead of going down oh. from the cylinders, they went good. up. Mm-hmm. Um, all painted nice, and it looked like his version of a 60s kind of enduro. Right. Yeah, totally. Mm. It yeah. was just really cool. sweet. It was his own style. It yeah. looks great. Something you could ride through the countryside and mm-hmm. have a picnic and a bottle of wine. Um, Josh Hayes was there racing, yeah. and we got to go say oh, hi to Josh Hayes. Oh, he was fast. Quick. What was he riding? The 600? Uh, no. I mean, no. Uh, he was riding the Yamaha Superbike. Oh, he was okay. on. Um, he was in the Superbike class from, oh, God. I don't know. It was him and another guy just Mid-90s. Ripping. A yeah. big air-cooled four-cylinder Yamahas. My God, yeah. those things were flying. We were at the start-finish straightaway, and we'd watch them. We could see the corkscrew from where we were standing, so we could see when they were coming. And then you look down the straightaway, and there's that you know, big, long left-hander that leads into the straightaway. And then you could hear the bikes coming, and they were screaming because they were probably going twice as fast as a lot of the right. bikes out there. Mm-hmm. And you see Josh Hayes just probably riding a wheelie, you know, not a big one, but a foot off the ground for probably 200 yards as yeah. they're coming down the straightaway. Just yeah, just powering it on. And then Demon laid on the brakes coming into that sketchy first turn. And you That know, was fun. I've, I've got to be honest with you. The um, Actually, Jim was with me when we were standing at the paddock, and there were all these bikes coming out. And I was actually getting quite emotional about you it did. because it was just like that TZ. Sensory overload. Well, I got and a whole new appreciation for British bikes after like actually hearing and watching them race. When you know, when you see a Norton being really used around the track, and of course it's not yeah. the fastest bike out there, but dear God, they sound good. Nothing sounds like. And it. New York City Norton, they did such a good job of race preparing, and they sounded bikes. just as good in the dirt. The yes. motocross, the British bike sounded just tough. Oh, you were into those BSA singles. Yeah, they like, rap. yeah that was cool. <laughs> um, but it uh, was great. Can I talk about my favorite part, though? Yes, of course. Was it the hot dog in the... In the <laughs> <vehicle>? <laughs> of course, it's food-related. It's the meat on the stick. <laughs> <laughs> no. This was even cooler. <laughs> Not you missed it. Uh, yeah. So we heard that they were adding motocross. Yes. Mm. And I was there last weekend. I'm like, where are they doing this? I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So I had to get in one of the golf carts that take you around and go, can you take me yeah. to motocross? Because I had, no, I had idea. no idea where it was. <laughs> and they took me outside of the track because it's in a, the track is in like a bowl. Mm-hmm. They took me outside and up and over a hill and down into another little dip. It's like the overflow parking lawn. <laughs> Amazing. Like way beyond yeah. on the edge of the property. Yeah. And it was perfect because it made it had like a, a just a big dip, but it had like oak trees and hmm. and they just strung up uh, a track with string and, and hay bales. Uh, so there weren't jumps or anything. So this is like vintage. I mean, it was vintage. It's, like a, it's Enduro-ish or something? And basically, yeah. it's like one of those rolling hillsides in Salinas, the dry hillside. Yeah. And a farmer just took his tractor with a disc plow and just did a little curvy track <laughs> up and down yes. through the hills. That's, That's exactly what it was. And you That's could just chill. sit up at the cool. top of the hill right on the edge of the track. Like, we were getting sprayed with dirt. Hell yeah. And just look down and see the whole track. And I was in heaven because you're sitting there kind of on the top of this hill the wind hitting you, but you're in the sun. What a shitload of dirt. <laughs> a shitload of dirt. <laughs> we had to move. And smelling and hearing two strokes, being throttled. Some people were good riders, some weren't. Just all the different bikes. A lot bikes. of old guys that you're like, how the heck are you doing that? You know? Mm-hmm. Then they get on the bike and it's like, they're young again. And you said like it was it was so on any Sunday because by the yeah. end, you know, the, the, the dirt there is just this super sandy loam. 
and uh, almost silty. And by the time we left, there were these furrows basically uh, in the turns. No joke, like foot and a half deep. And guys are just like whomping through them on these old bikes. Like it wasn't like modern motocross at all. It was like us going out there with football helmets on. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, exactly. I do. I did. I said, dude, you're going to walk into on any Sunday. Yeah. It was that cool. In fact, this will tie in. I I saw a guy there wearing a Penton shirt. Like people in there like vintage yeah. track year. He's wearing a Penton shirt. I'm like, dude, you ride a Penton? He goes, yeah. And just started chatting with him. I said, I'm going to be with the Pentons next week. What? <laughs> yeah. So, Onak, name I don't know if you know this. So, you know, I'm doing the film festival. This is a big announcement. I'm, yeah. And I'm going to say officially, it's not locked in, but I'm pretty sure it's happening. Um, next next weekend at AMA Vintage Days on Sunday morning at 9.15, I am playing the Penton movie. Jim, you've seen it. It's a great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Well, Todd Huffman, who was on our show last weekend, he's the director of that film. He's going to be there. At, and I'm like, well, dude, do you want to like come down to the tent? Um, we'll play it till 11.30. And he says, yeah, I could bring the Pentons. I'm like, Nice. What? <laughs> Hell yeah. John nice. Penton is 96. Oh, that's awesome. It's still going. And his sons. And he's like, yeah, I'll bring him down to the tent. We can do a little Q&A slash yeah. autograph session. That's I'm right. like, that's amazing. Yes. And we saw some Pentons wow. racing. It was yeah, great to see yeah. the Pentons racing. And I'll tell you what. I mean, Pentons are a great example of, of engineering producing very, very good-looking bikes. I mean, from an engineering standpoint, Pentons were great. They were better than anything else at the time. But, boy, are they good-looking. They're really good-looking, too. They just yeah. sit well. Yeah. So, um, and it was good seeing them used in anger. Yeah, just tractoring through the furrows. It yeah, was great. It, blah. Uh, it was, the whole weekend was great. We ran into some listeners. That's right. Mr. Sauce. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mr. Sauce. That would be Alfredo. And, <laughs> <laughs> He's a white guy, right? Yes. <laughs> and Sam. I, actually, I couldn't tell if he was Italian, uh, Alfre, Alfredo, or he was actually Irish, Alfred O sauce. <laughs> but I think he was. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, sure, I'm Alfred O sauce now. Um, <laughs> Somebody's been in the sauce. You guys don't, don't laugh. It only encourages her. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I just realized have you seen what color bagel is? <laughs> Say something. Good God, Hello. bagel. What have you done to yourself? You see what? Sun. It's his usual shade. You I just was laughing hard. You were just, <laughs> no, you're bright scarlet. Yes. Anyway, so um, yeah, Alfredo Sauce was there, and um, <laughs> are you sure and it was Sam? And Sam, who came by the garage today, is a yes. very, very good egg um, adventure rider. Um, and who was that young man that we met with the uh, um, Otis? Otis with his yeah, lovely doing, little bull trial, trials yes. today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, big shout out to Otis for giving me some sunscreen <laughs> for helping yes. me not look like a lobster because, of course, I didn't come prepared. No. no. Too bad nobody warned you. Yeah, you Brits lobster out pretty quickly. Yeah, um, we, we lobstered very quickly. And you guys, we went up to the top of the corkscrew yep. when they had the sidecars going. Oh, mm. boy, wasn't that good? Oh, oh and one God. of them went off the road on the on the oh, top of the, the corkscrew yeah, into the gravel, the gravel on a mm. sidecar. And I'm like, hang on, monkey. 
that was just that was just the beginning of the the thing though. So they're they're at the top of the corkscrew and just missed that left hand. Was just, it? Uh, to the right of the corkscrew? Yeah. To the right. Yeah. And they just yeah. bury in the gravel. So you're yeah. like, everybody's like, yeah, they kind of And the bike cheer. is kind of like spinning around. So then they're like, we're like, oh, they're pushing it out. Well, he actually oh, no. gets it going downhill, but then he couldn't the, stop it. The monkey. Oh, <laughs> so no. It starts going, the, the monkey's running behind oh, and no. he's like got one knee on, is just kind of being dragged down and steering it and got it back off the track before anyone came and Holy back shit. into the gravel. He could have very easily spun out onto the track, oh, but if you've ever seen scary. one of these contraptions, wow. they don't look like the easiest thing I'm, to steer no, in gravel under this pressure. this was not one of the more modern sidecar outfits. This was a very vintage mm. BMW. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> it looked look actually, like, to me, it looked like it'd been used in the Battle of the Bulge. Mm. Yes, so, or um, Star Wars. The, or, the, the yes, Star Wars potentially yeah. Star Wars, but I think actually it was a husband and wife team. It was certainly, yeah. uh, certainly yeah. a, a guy and a gal. But I, I'll say um, those um, those Jixer engines uh, in those things. Well, were, you know, that's a thing. I was kind of educating Jim yes. as to sound of the things because sidecars are always entertaining because you tend to they require more throttle input to get the things around. Mm. You, they're actually louder than the bikes, even though they're powered by bike engines, and it's a good example of. You hear the different engines, and you hear an R1 come through, not a cr- cross-plane, just the standard R1. And what's that sound like? <laughs> well, it's a very, it's a very, very smooth linear noise. Very smooth. But the Jixas, there's an edge to that. There's just yeah, a little... more of a crisp, like a crispy. It's really crisp and raspy when oh. they go through. I love listening to the sidecars. And actually, when we were in the garages, that's the other thing I love about... Uh, the armor races. Yeah. You can just walk through the garages and look at people's bikes and say hi, and people mm-hmm. aren't like shooing you out as long as you don't, you know, mess with their stuff. They, I think they appreciate if you're taking pictures and, and like saying, hey, you even saw some, um, some mascots. Ascots. Ascot Ascot inspiration. Um, but we were looking at one of the sidecars. They, a friend of mine was in that garage. And they had the whole uh, cover off. Yes. And you saw the fuel tank and everything. You didn't know what you were looking at. <laughs> you I'm like, what, what is this? So here's the weird thing. I don't know if you've seen these knock. On the sidecar, the engine is at the back of the driver. Mm-hmm. Right? And then your radiator The exhaust the comes straight out and up underneath his belly and shoots out the side right next to his hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And so you're looking at this bike that almost looks like it's backwards because you, yeah. you're used to yeah. the, so the exhaust is going this way, and the handlebars were right there, and I'm like, wait, I'm confused. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know how they <laughs> but see you know, it's yeah. like a all, face is a foot off the ground. Yeah, it's all about weight distribution. Mm. And this is very, very special sidecar. This has got an al- aluminum, or as I would say, <laughs> aluminum monocoque. So it's, oh, my. It, yes. <laughs> oh, it's wow. got a cock, and there's only one of them. Um <laughs> What do you call <laughs> Knox trying to see the no. <laughs> So now Bagel, what what yes. do you call a parrot who only has one wing? Um I don't know. What do you call a parrot with one wing? A monopoly. I thought you were gonna say a mono cockatoo. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> um and we ran into Pete. Oh, ah, I was gonna Pete. say Pistol Pete. Pistol oh, Pete really? who offered me a job. As his monkey there and then, but I think there might have been other <laughs> other benefits attached to that, which I wasn't entirely comfortable with. Yeah. But we got a lovely picture of me and Pete mm-hmm. in 
in the uh, sidecar. And you gave it a try as well, didn't you? The, I did. I not Pete, the well, sidecar. By the time I was wedged in that sidecar, the, in, my, in the rather compromising position, I was nervous Pete might creep up on me on that. So, oh, But, yeah. um, you know, you really, you really understand that you're presented with this thing and they're, they're quite large. But when you actually kind of squat yourself down in there, there is just no room to move. Mm-hmm. Um and then it's it's yeah. it's quite so claustrophobic well, actually uh, being inside one. And all then the, all the moving room is for the monkey. Yes, exactly. It's all about getting that monkey moving about. Hang on, monkey. We saw that poor <laughs> bastard go over the rumble strips for about fifty yards. Oh, oh man! Oh. And what did Liza yell? Hang on, monkey. Hang on. <laughs> 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 I had it was funny though we saw all sorts of people up at the corkscrew for mm-hmm. the uh, sidecar races because everybody wanted to see right. them oh yeah it Ape. was well worth it apes oh. go fast <laughs> <laughs> but what a great weekend I wanted to thank Arma for putting on a good event and Laguna Seca for hosting it and well, adding we didn't even mention there was a bike show and, and a swap meet added and you know oh wow and oh, as well as the motocross meet? yeah exactly oh, yeah. Yeah. how many uh, how many parts were abandoned after they left yeah, it, was, it was like AMA vintage days yeah. where there's just a bunch of metal like, recyclers it was a $5 it really and hose clamps and <laughs> it <pipes>. really <laughs> had an almost like a mini vintage days feel about it and it was the first year so I think it's going to get bigger from this point forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's going to require a little bit of forward thinking from Laguna Seca and from Armour themselves. But I really think it's a brilliant event. I want Next time, I want them to add a hill climb going oh, up to yeah. the yeah. corkscrew. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. some better parking would be okay. No, I'm kidding. It's funny. Well, we, actually, should we even say about our parking situation? Sure. So <laughs> uh, Jim and I were on comms uh, going down there, and I'm like, all right, they offered on when you're buying your tickets that you could buy the better parking so you can park in the pits, right? Uh-huh. VIP parking. I said, Jim, I'm going to do the thing I do where you just kind of pull up and just point like you know and what you're smile doing. And wave and yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten into so many places <laughs> like that. So I, I got all of us, there's five of us, and I just pull up and he goes, You got passes, passes, wrist pass? And I'm like, No. And I pointed at my phone and pointed forward. Yeah. And I just kept. Okay, go ahead. He's all waving his smile. We <laughs> go like five of us, and it's funny. So we go past the VIP parking, past the motorcycle parking. And we just kind of keep going in and in because that's kind of what we end up doing. And by the time we stopped, we're at the fence right in between where the bikes entered the racetrack and the podium. It was great. <laughs> nice. Like, and here looks like a good spot. Looks <laughs> yeah. Just act like you belong there. Um, but uh, bagel. You've been um, prepping for your trip, and I heard yes, I you have. went shopping. Well, I tried to go shopping yesterday, <clears throat> um, and, and I've I've been in need of a new helmet for a while. Um, I, I wear through helmets pretty pretty quickly because I do a lot of riding. Mm-hmm. Um, and my last helmet, I think I got it in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, and it's it's pretty beat up. And I've been kind of putting it off, putting off getting a new helmet, um, which I was already thinking about doing before the pandemic started. Um, but, uh, but I just never got around to it. And I thought, well, let me go see if they have the helmet I'm, I'm looking for. I, I'm just and curious. Called- you only have like one helmet at a time? Yeah. I have like five active helmets at well, a time. I only have one okay. street helmet. It's because you're insane. Well, I, 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 I like what I like. So, okay. 
So I um, I called the dealership um, to see if they if they had had the, my size and the style I was looking for in stock, and lo and behold, they said they did. They had an XL and they could hold it for me. And I said, great, I'll come up and kind of rearranged some plans. And I had to go up to Portland, uh, which is about a two hour trip for me. But I figured it's worth it to get a nice new helmet for my big ride that I'm I'm coming up with um, for next week. And got up there and took a look at the helmet, and I was like, "Well, that's weird. That this this helmet says it's a size 63 European, when my old helmet says it's a size 61 European." And then I took another look, and I, and I saw that it wasn't an XL; it was an XXL. Mm. And I said, for the big hey, um, <laughs> I, I thought you guys said you had an XL for me. <laughs> and this is an XXL. And they looked and they said, oh, we must have made a mistake. Boo. Said, oh, oh, man. So, and this was in the high-vis color that I like. And unfortunately, they did not have a high-vis yellow XL. So, kind of grumbled a bit. Um, they, they offered me $100 off another one. You know, with, with uh, about the same model and a different color. So I looked around, found one that was white, that was the same size, and I figured, well, $100 offshore, I'll, I'll do it. And um, while I was kind of checking out the helmet, I took a look at the label inside, and it has sort of this, this label with a manufacture date on it. And the manufacture date was 2016. What? Wow. Yeah. Whoa. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. No, hang no, on. no, no, no. This is, yeah. this is, a five-year-old helmet that that you're trying to sell to me for full markup minus hundred dollars, and but that hundred dollars off was for not getting you know for the mistake that they made not getting the right color. Right, that's this, bullshit. This helmet is is well you know onto its you know well towards its end of life. I mean at least halfway. So you know just and just from sitting on the shelf because styrofoam sure. degrades over time. Yep. So you know I I sat there for a minute and i was like you know i really would like to have a new nice new helmet <clears throat> for my ride and granted this is newer than my current helmet by about two years maybe um but i just did not feel that that was worth paying that price for a helmet that was you know had half of its life gone just sitting on the shelf yeah no that's not right right and and i can i can i can imagine that that there may be some some shops that have not been able to move products as fast during the pandemic, and there may be some older stock that's sitting on the shelves. But this is five years old. Right. I don't know and that it's pandemic related. I think no, it's, it's everyone buys it was, online. It was old. Related. It was old this time last well, year. Well, that's part yeah. of it too, I'm sure. But but if that's the case, then you know, if if they're it, they're they're selling these these helmets at full full markup, and obviously that's driving people online, so they're not selling in the stores. But then you're left with the stock in the stores that's way out of date, and how how are you going to encourage people to buy in the stores if that's the case? You know, because I, I yeah. considered buying one of these helmets online for a lot less. Unfortunately, I'd have to have it shipped from Europe, which would take a while and cost a little bit, which is kind of why I haven't done it. But um, you know, and I, and I just decided that I would try to try to buy one that you know, and just sort of a spontaneous spur of the moment thing. And spend a little bit extra just to just to get it done, but not for a helmet that was five years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you need to. And I don't think I've ever bought a helmet online. I think because you kind of they're they're all so different. You know, you really have right. to try it on. Well, so it's a right. it's a bummer when you can't find it in person. I mean, if if it's a helmet manufacturer that you know and a oh, size yeah. that you know, you're 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 yeah. fine. Um, 
I shouldn't worry too much about shipping from Europe in terms of time. You know, I've been ordering parts for the Vincent, and so I ordered mm-hmm. some stuff from England, and it arrived in three days, and I thought, that wow. is amazing. Until yeah. I ordered an electronic ignition from France, <laughs> and it came in 36 yeah. hours. Wow. Whoa. Wow. So I'll, I'll balance that with, I, got a, I ordered a Merlin jacket from the UK, and when I ordered it, they gave me a disclaimer that there may be um, undetermined links and delay in shipping. Right. Now, with that said, I got it in three weeks, and so me, that wasn't terrible. No, that isn't... But be mindful. Yeah. Generally, pre-pandemic, yeah. I found shipping from, from England certainly was, was usually about a week. But in both cases, I mean, it was just ballistically quick shipping. Yeah. And the box yeah. from England, I mean, it had a giant exhaust system in it. It had a bunch of, it was a big-ass box. Mm. Um, it's amazing. You know, honestly, I'm kind of torn on this. Um, I was used to being able to go to shops to right. try on gear, try on helmets, see what fits. And then... Because so many people were buying online, right. most shops stopped carrying a lot of gear. I think even Phil has talked about this somewhat. They yeah. they can't invest all their money in keeping the stock around. Well, you know. So I, the I, fact that you have a shop that has any gear, it's kind of like, I don't know. Do you just appreciate that there's anything there, you know? You know, here's where I'll give a shout out to Cycle Gear. I, I had a friend who, uh, not into riding, but riding, you know, pillion. And didn't know anything about motorcycles or helmets or any of that stuff. And we went to Cycle Gear, and they got a huge inventory of helmets there. And there was a killer woman there. She was a manager, one of the people that worked there. And she was like the best salesperson I've ever dealt with. So it took my friend, asked questions. What are you looking for? How big's your head? Probably tried on four or five different helmets before settling in on a helmet that fit good, that looked good. You know, And, sh- and, right. and my friend felt good about buying. So I, I will say Cycle Gear, you know. They you, come through sometimes. Let me tell you about Cycle Gear. They're just great. And a lot great of it, brands, it's, all the it's, brands. It's very easy to jump on, you know, a corporate bandwagon and all that crap. As long as you know what you're getting into, Cycle Gear is just fine. And they support the industry. I walked into my local Cycle Gear and said, hey, I've got a workshop just down the road from here. I'd like to open a wholesale account. No problem at all. Ten minutes later, I had all the paperwork I needed. I bought 300 bucks worth of oil and toddled off back to my place. So I, I was very, very happy. They're really efficient. But the saddest irony about your problem, Bagel, it's the more expensive, it's the more exclusive helmets that are yeah. going to be more susceptible to this than the cheaper ones mm-hmm. because the right. cheaper ones the built helmets sure, the hjc's the, the, yeah. um, the, the yeah you know the ls2s um they fly off the shelves quickly because you know you're just starting off motorcycling you want a hundred dollar helmet and but I, lo- I love my hjc helmet thank i you love very much yeah i had an H- that was my first helmet too hjc yeah. they make yeah. good shit actually i mean they yeah, do. I, got got right. I tell you what i love my ls2 I mean, I know it's Chinese-built helmet, but it's beautifully done. It's super comfortable. It's quiet. Yeah. Um, My dirt bike helmet's an LS2, and I love it. Super light. Right. But the very, very high-end helmets, like the Arise, like the top-end showies, like the Schuberts. Is that what you're getting a Schubert bagel? Is that what you're looking for? Yep. And that's what? $700 helmet? Uh, the, I think they were asking eight, upwards of 800 Right. This is the, the E1. So it's top-of-the-line helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. these are precisely the helmets that are sitting, gathering dust on the shelves, because they're not for everyone. Um, and, you know, I mean, let's talk about the shelf life. It's a chemical deterioration in the the lining, in the foam, um, expanded foam inside, and actually in the fiberglass construction of the helmet itself. It's just time. Even if you leave it locked in its box, wrapped up in its bag, it's still deteriorating because... Yeah, but at, but at what rate? It's a slower you know, rate, but nevertheless... So, like, I have a helmet that's been sitting in in the uh, shelf for like 10, no, oh, shoot, 15 years. But it's, it's a really done. nice helmet. And maybe, it, what is it, at 85% now? Well, I'd be right. curious, like, you know, just, just for conversation, for conversation's sake, what if Bagel went in and said, I'll give you $300 for that helmet? You know, is it like Liza said, is it 85% compromised, 50% well, compromised? Well, you see, it's, who knows, right? My argument is if you're buying a helmet of that cost, you want it. Zero percent compromised. Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, it needs to be brand yeah. freaking new. Yes, well, they did exactly. offer unless you got it for three hundred. They did offer a hundred bucks off. Remember that? Oh, yeah, but well, that, that was a hundred bucks off for the fact that they they told me the wrong information yeah. and made me ride two hours yeah. out of my way for exactly. No <laughs> yeah, what a pain but, in the ass. But yeah, that but just if sucks. they would offer it, but if they would offer it to me for three hundred bucks, yeah. I would be tempted because it still has half its life left. See, and yeah. you know, at at that price point, you know. It's a it's a it's a good helmet, and it's not it's not dead yet. And if they just so, want it out the door, it may not he, be worth. So let's let's do the quick math. It's yep. an eight hundred dollar helmet, and yep. we should extrapolate that a fiberglass helmet's got a decade life, presuming you don't wreck in it. Well, is that in the right. sun or not in the no, sun? No, kept in the shade. Kept in so, the shade and just used. I think a decade is good for a for a fiberglass good quality fiberglass helmet. So that's eighty bucks a year. Right? Are we on the same page? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if it's five years old, it should be 400 bucks. Yeah. And that equates to 80 bucks a year. Yeah. There you go. And 100 bucks for... Minus 100 bucks for inconveniencing you the first time around, <laughs> and then your $300 offer makes a lot of sense. And if so, they decide to keep it, hey, then you just move on. So, so did, I, I must have missed it. So did you end up buying this thing and keeping it? Nope. Nope. I did not buy it. Nope. Uh, That's what I would Did you point it not. out to them? I, oh, yeah, I did. And they were kind of surprised to realize that, wow, that's a five-year-old helmet. Yeah, they're still going to okay. try to sell that thing. Oh, yeah. for they, sure. They yeah. didn't. They didn't say, "Oh, we should pull those all off the shelves and not." <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, right. Uh, so, not, like, uh, <laughs> not not on the level. <laughs> I kind of had the same issue when I went to buy my uh, current motorcycle jacket. I had to go to you know San Francisco, whatever. It was like a forty-five minute drive, but I think like. <laughs> I have a sense that they kind of purposely make the mistake so they get you into the floor space mm. so you could buy, uh, look at other material uh, merchandise, you know? Oh, it's like, hey, honest mistake. Or, or, it's or, all that's calculated, yeah, like $100 off the color. helmet, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. I think Q, right. Q posted about that somewhere. We'll give you $100 yeah. off. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy <laughs> with, with big helmet. And pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I just want to say, I think that I... I, I uh, the industry is changing so much. Yes. Shops yeah. can't afford to keep gear in like they used to. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I want to say, like, I don't, I don't want to harp on shops who can't sell as much, who may have old gear. I think I'd rather say, hey, if you go into a shop that has gear, tell them thank you 
And then also double check the date. Right. Mm-hmm. Jim, yeah. I just have to say, uh, your phone is illuminating your, your balls right Your crotch is right glowing. <laughs> but it's radioactive. It's very distracting. You know, as, as, a sh- as, a shop, as a shop owner, yeah. if I was to have just a rudimentary selection of gear, some very, very basic helmets mm-hmm. in colors and sizes, some gloves and maybe a few jackets, that would be like a twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 buy-in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just... A lot of money for me to find up front yeah. for something that kind of sells in dribs and drabs. So I'm simply not going to bother. Especially for me, it doesn't make sense with a cycle gear, one exit down the freeway. Yeah. Yeah. And right. that's the and reciprocal agreement I've got with yeah. cycle gear. That opened, huh? Right. And, and, and honestly, it, it almost seems with, with the way that the market is changing, it makes more sense for, for gear to be sold through shops that that only deal in gear like cycle gear or right. you know other you know other shops like that where the dealership is is not going to have the same amount of traffic for that particular product mm. um, you know where they're, they're they're trying to sell these the same you know they compete by selling these things at a, at a the full markup you know there it's just not right. it's just not and and the, because the industry is changing, I think it's re- the responsibility of the shops to be aware of that and to mark down the older stuff. So I right. think that's where they failed. Right. But yeah. I think these well, are just all may. the pitfalls of the transformation. Well, you know, anybody who's been in retail knows that you've got to keep your stock rotated. You yes. absolutely have to keep your stock rotated. You've got to keep the old stuff off the shelves. And you've right. got to get it out there, even if it means, you know, just fire sale, get it out the door so you get the new stuff in. So I think if any mm. criticism can be leveled at that shop in Portland, they probably just lost track of the date. Yeah. But it's well, what they do now that's really going to sort them out. They need to get those yeah. things off the shelf into the hands of consumers at whatever price and get yeah, some fresh do. stock. Yeah. They, they should put that shit on Amazon. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, or eBay. <laughs> well, Bagel, I'm 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 glad that you're you're heading out soon. We're going to be seeing you next week. Yep. And I know that we're going to be getting a lot of stories on your trip. I'm sure. In fact, John was just on a trip and may have some uh, some some helpful information for anyone going on a long distance trip. <coughs> yes, yeah, John. So- where did you go? I went to South Dakota, um, mm. same place that you and Jim went last year. So mm. Custer, Custer, Black yeah. Hill. So Liza uh, was looking for somebody to ride her KLR over to um, over to South Dakota. So so I um, hold on a second, Liza. Liza's yelling at me here, guys. I thought She's she was going to put her me. finger up your butt. Yelling at me. All right, so that's a colon cleansing. There we go. So, um, so I decided I would do that just because. And let me just say, this is my first really long distance ride. I've done a lot of long day rides, but never, never sort of multiple nights and things like that. So mm-hmm. it was really good, a good chance for me to try. try you out picked how to a great this. bike. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, I love the bike, but yeah, KLRs are. Uh, yeah, they're for hardy people who want to go long distance. But um, <laughs> so I decided that I was going to take as little interstate as possible. Left, uh, I left the Santa Cruz area and uh, rode up through the Sierras and over to uh, to Nevada to Highway 50. And talk into the mic, John. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> He's so nervous. I'm doing like seven things at once here. It's like, once. oh my God. Welcome to sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I know why you uh, quit sound. <laughs> so, so I took Highway 50 across from, uh, 
from Carson City all the way over to uh, to somewhere on the other side of Nevada. And then How like, hot which is a was it? Hot <laughs> as as balls. It was it, it was the yeah. middle of a heat wave. A I couldn't believe stretch. it. Yeah, but it's a dry heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't dry. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a couple of things I'll say. I I I invested in a Climb Baja S4 jacket before I left because nice. I knew that everything I had was pretty restrictive in terms of ventilation Mm -hmm. that was a lifesaver so if you're going to do anything like this in the west you got to have the right gear especially if you're crossing desert like that because it's just it was insane and i and i also picked up one of the um was a vnm venom Mm -hmm. under undergarments uh top and bottom which you know is moisture wicking and such so i i firmly believe those two pieces saved saved the trip for me because it just was it was brutal i mean it was it was super hot it's unrelenting i mean the asphalt's probably 130 degrees yeah so it yeah, it was, and it's 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 no joke. So I mean, stopping regularly is is super was super important for me. So every hundred miles. And uh, I'm just curious, what mods did you make to the bike uh, before you left? Because it had, <laughs> well, it had you, the. It I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. So John, as a certified used vehicle from Mototown, yes. How did the bike itself do? The bike was incredible. There you go. That's all I needed to know. Okay, carry on, Liza. Um, Certified. It's bonafide. uh, It was incredible when I got it. I'll say that. (laughs) The bike had the the short stock windshield, so no terrain windshield. Yep. And it just had some Pelican cases on the side um, and some dual sport tires, but not not really knobby, mostly street, Mm -hmm. but just a basic good runner with a stock seat. So um, you wanted to make some modifications for the trip. I know I gave you my Airhawk seat. Yeah. So, Which you know, you didn't use. No, they call me stumpy for, for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, you know, part of the issue was, is the stock uh, kickstands on KLRs are tall. They just are. Yeah. And um, so even on my own KLR, I put a lower kickstand on there, which is what I swapped over into, into um, on Liza's bike. But um, and what would happen is, is when I got on, one of the reasons I did it is when I got on it with 100 pounds of gear, plus my fat ass, um, you know, it, it would on the stock kickstand it would like go to the right i couldn't yeah yeah, i couldn't i almost went down so i knew i was like okay i gotta change this it wasn't just height because it was more like you know height with all the weight and stuff so but i put this adjustable kickstand on there which is really a great kickstand and what it does is it has a has a piece that comes down with a channel in the middle and then there's a foot piece that goes in that channel on the inside Mm -hmm. so you know i thought i were going to be good i put it on but i i didn't use enough loctite oh no and like i put on facebook it's like man klr's loctite is your best friend it yeah. really is so yeah. big single so and duct tape in the middle of like nowhere in nevada mm. this little town i got off to, to take a break and uh and i so i hop off and i you know lean it down and i lean it and i lean it and i lean it and it kept leaning oh no <laughs> so, so i'm like shit what am i gonna do so i i went and i grabbed a rock and i put it underneath there and just oh, i thought you were to... just gonna keep writing <laughs> i would have but it was so freaking hot i had to stop so um so eventually what i ended up doing was stopping at a at a um i did one bad repair and then i stopped in the middle of wyoming and it was real cool because there's two other bikers there and they saw that i was kind of fiddling around with it so these these three bikers were really helpful harley guys too so shout out to harley guys and what I ended up doing is taking a couple pieces of channel and and taping them together, sliding them up in that groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, and then put four hose clamps on it. Yeah, and then wrapped it again with duct tape. A lot so, of oh, the lot duct, of duct tape. tape. Yeah. Duct tape's good. Yeah, Bagel, can you see this on the camera at all? Hello. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it, duct tape. It, 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 <laughs> so it was a it was a on your kickstand. It's a peg leg, is what it is. It's a peg and, leg for a and KLR. the bike got a new name. 
the name is peg for the bike <laughs> so um and also what i got was you know the truckers use those bars that go across the um the cargo that that you kind of lock in uh pickup trucks have them too yeah so stuff doesn't slide around uh-huh. so yeah. I, in, a, in a truck stop i found a and and a replaced end for one of those oh nice oh. so i was able to use that and make shift a foot for that when i so when i'd stop i'd have to like jump off because especially if i was on dirt it, that my peg leg would just go right into the ground mm. and uh so i jump off real quick and then uh and then slide that thing under there and i tied a string to it up to the handlebars so that when i went back on it i could i could get up lift it off the <laughs> thing kick the kickstand back and roll up my uh, my foot and uh, put it in my put on my jacket <laughs> <So>. amazing <laughs> that's awesome you know you got to do what you got to do to get yeah, where you're man. gonna go you know yeah, yeah, yeah. if sure. it works it ain't stupid yeah. so um so that you know that it, it worked it was a, kind of a pain but it worked uh what were some of the highlights that you visited so um, I will say, well, the first great highlight, thanks to Liza and Jim, is uh, stopping in Twin Falls at the Evil Knievel uh, ramp. Yeah. So if you haven't heard, the, the Evil Knievel ramp is where he did the sky cycle jump over the Snake River Canyon. There's a memorial that's shaped like a ramp over there? No, it's the ramp. It's oh, the ramp. the ramp. It's the literal ramp. Yeah. So remember, he was on the Are sky cycle that was bolted. So that it was a dirt ramp with concrete pads on it, and, uh, and okay. it was bolted onto that. Okay. So yeah, the rocket looked like it was a yeah. an empty the, toilet paper roll with like a <laughs> fucking bottle rocket. But the in it. ramp and the concrete pads. I are feel still like there. they're like one plaque memorial plaque away from littering. They're just like if you put the plaque on there, it's not. It's littering. not littering. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't actually want to move this thing. Let's just put a plaque. But on it's, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ramp's probably what a hundred vertical feet high by the Yo, time. Oh, it's you high. Get to yeah, that's pretty high. And you're yeah. looking down over the, the rim of the yeah. canyon. That's wild. It was such a trip because I remember watching that when I was a kid. I think it was '74 when he did it. And I, it's an early memory of watching that thing. So just to be there was kind of cool. That is and cool. to just kind of stand there. It, and Elvis was there. There's a plaque that says Elvis was here too. So, <laughs> so I got right. to I got to be where Elvis and Evil were at the same time. That's so so cool. like it's like this is reality come true when you when your childhood <laughs> comes true or your childhood dreams yeah. materialize itself. It's kind of wild, huh? Uh, it was so cool. Yeah, so cool being there. So except you didn't ride up. No, Liza. So I did. <laughs> what I said about Liza is she's the she's she's both rule follower and rule breaker at the same time. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So why don't we just call it picky and choosy? Well, what I figured out is she likes to enforce the rules that she likes. I'm gonna do what I want to do. She's a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will rationalize my yeah. behavior as long as you want to listen. So hey, li- can you guys uh, make room? Man, how you been? Hey, hey, hey. Boy, what's happening? Get him! Get him! Get him, little! It's it's the motocross champion of Pakistan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Moin! Hey, Moin! Get your headphones and your mic set up. He's uh, telling a story right now. Yeah. So thanks for breaking up my story, Moin. So then uh, you kept going. Uh, Did you do um, Devil's Tower? Did you do... So what I did was I came across through Dubois, Dubois, however they say it, Wyoming, and then um, and stayed a night there. And then the next day I rode through uh, Grand Teton National Park, which is absolutely outstanding. I've never been, you know, I've never been to that before. And it was, uh, it was just, it was absolutely amazing. The, the, you know, it's the West, it's the Rockies. You know, I saw, yeah. I saw moose and I saw buffalo and, you know, deer. And what kind just, of, what kind of sound does a moose make? Uh, moose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Did you see 100%. moose and squirrel? No, I looked no. for uh, for Rocky. Rock, 
What, what did you do to that? I did poor not hurt her. I Liza, her up. ASPCA hotline. She up. was much happier with knock. I know. Yeah, you're not the Go dog whisperer. Favorite. You're a dog shouter. Yeah. Come um, along. Come along. Come along, little. There we go. It's, it's big man. country out there, though. Man. You get to <laughs> Wyoming so and that. It is big country. So then yeah. I came. Then I stayed a night in Dubois or Dubois, and uh, and then up in, in Bighorn National Park. So a second national park was just incredible. Again, you know, yeah. at about twelve thousand feet. You know, the weather was finally cool again. I was super happy about that. And uh, and just amazing, just an amazing area to be in. And the next day I made it into South Dakota. Nice. Now, South Dakota, I'm. it is, again, I keep using these superlatives, but it kind of really is. I mean, those of you who have been there, you know this. It's the Black Hills. I, I don't know that there's, arguably, that's one of the best riding areas in the country. Yeah, it's and, yeah. and we live in a great riding area. Yeah. yeah. Now you see why I sent a bike to live right. up there oh, for me. Yeah. Mm. But, of course, the big difference is our riding season here is arguably 12 months. It is, yeah. It ain't up there. No. no. Uh, yeah, but we also don't have over 3,000 miles of dirt road in our backyard. Mm-hmm. What little dirt we have is yeah, locked exactly. off by the government or right. rich yep. people, you know? So Iron Mountain Road is one of the main roads there that's, you know, uh, that, that according to folks I've talked to, rivals uh, the Dragon's Tail in uh, Tail of Dragon in, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. You go up the hills, you, you go up elevation, up and down, and then eventually you get into these tunnels where you can see uh, Mount Rushmore through the tunnel. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so cool. There, I mean, there's a reason why they have Sturgis Bike Fest out there. Well, yeah, that, There's that way, so many great rides. You got Spearfish Canyon in the north where it's wet and green. There's a bunch of water. You get out to the yeah. to the western side of the mm-hmm. Black Hills. Get it's dry and Needles Savannah Highway. Lake. Yeah. I mean, the, the variety was... was I didn't make away. it into the Badlands. I'd love to go over there sometime. Yeah. Round and two. shout out to Michelle Lanfear and the Chalet... Motel. The Chalet. The Chalet Motel is is amazing. Michelle is a phenomenal host. Everybody should go there and stay at her place. And she had two uh, uh, a young couple that was that was helping her out for the summer. um, Daniela and Roberto Roberto. from Chile. Amazing, you know. And and they rode KLRs twice from Chile all the way up through the U.S. Two times, two up on KLR. So that's. They're a lot tougher than I am. This is why I think I'm all big and bad. Like, yeah, I just rode from California. They're like, well, we rode from Chile. So, <laughs> but um, I, you know, the other thing that was funny for me was like, I, I have never seen so many Harley trikes, and and um, oh, it is trikey. Yeah, yeah and um, what's the other the uh, trikey trikey the uh, the KTM one the uh, oh, no the Can Am. The Can Am oh, uh, Spider, the Spider, You know, out here, I never. We see them every once in a while, but I, I'm telling you, I saw hundreds of them there. I didn't know they yeah. made that many. So, <laughs> yeah. so it feels like if you're going go to go over there and you're over seventy, you, you need to have three wheels. That just feels like the, the rule. There are an awful lot of them. Well, we forget that a lot of people visit that area from the Midwest, like Minnesota yeah. and places where it's just crazy flat. Yeah, it's just, flat mm-hmm. and straight. So it makes more sense than in California. I mean. Yeah. Where do you find a straight road in California? I-5, but that's about it. Yeah. So, uh, what condition did yeah. you leave my bike in? Well, Peg is pegged, so <laughs> yeah. we have to oh fix my. that. that but, uh, yeah, it has a name now. It's Peg. But other than that, I think it's uh, it's ready. It's good to go. So uh, yeah. another certified used bike from Mototown? Mototown. So yeah. you flew back after that? Or? That's Mototown. Yeah, that <laughs> is my Marina, California. I just suggest next time, if you flew back, next time when you get there, just buy another motorcycle and ride it back. <laughs> hey, that's true. I can complete the journey there. Huh? Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's Come the way to go. Circle. So what a great time. So, you so, know, uh, go to Chalet Motel if you're there. I'm just going to keep shouting her I, out. I got a question for you. Yes. This is what I ask of everybody who goes on long trips. Yes. At what point did you go, holy shit, I'm doing this? <laughs> 
I mean, this could be at the end of the trip, could be beginning of the trip, midway through. What moment I made would you say realize there was a section of the desert between where I was heading up to Wells, Nevada, where I stayed one night, where you realized you could die. It was about a hundred more like miles. Why am I doing? Yeah, this? exactly. It was, and I'm like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah I was so bored. Yeah, <laughs> it was just horrible. But you know, hey. Right Super on. fun, man. I had a, I had a great time, and and I'm certainly going to do those kinds of rides again. And I do want to go ride those dirt roads over there because they, they look fabulous. And fish. Right on. Well, and thank you for making a budget repair. That was a good to, bodge. To, to the bike, <laughs> to keep it functioning. I just wonder if that uh, duct tape, uh, <laughs> scrap metal repair, if you could find that on Fix My Hog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I, say... I Congratulations, John, on experiencing some new wild shit doing motorcycle shit. Yeah, that's a long yeah. way, man. That's, that's a, long, a way. long way to go. Yeah, right. That's some real biker shit. Um, yeah. Knock, yeah. you just stepped all over my segue. I'm sorry. Into uh, my <laughs> reads for oh. no. Hey, you guys, our sponsor, Fix My Hog. Yeah, those guys, they're great. They, and they sponsor us, which makes them better um, still. And actually, I, last week I was telling you about how uh, Davy the Marine was here yes. with Harley that had this horrible sound. We couldn't figure out what it was. He went on Fix My Hog to try and check all the bearings and stuff like right, that. Right. Um, but I want to give a shout out. So, hey, does your clutch need adjustment? Have you been putting off installing those new handlebars because you're not about wiring? Uh, not sure about wiring? Brake pads need changing? Well, Fix My Hog can help. So they have an amazing offer. Sign up for Fix My Hog. You guys want to take one guess what kind of bikes they specialize in? <gasps> that would be Harley uh, Davidson's. Davidson's. Greaves, I was thinking, right? Uh, yeah. You can get a premium yeah. membership with this exclusive Motorcycles and Misfits deal. Get a full year of their premium membership for only $3. Wow. Three, now, what is the normal yes. retail yeah. price $15. of that? I think it's a hundred something around there, or ninety five dollars, something like that. So basically, ninety five percent off. Ninety, yeah. Where do you go to get so, a deal like that? Right here at. So you go fix to my hog. go dot fixmyhog dot com slash misfits. That's us, and take advantage of this great offer. The discount will be automatically applied at checkout. Um, if you guys remember, they are an online uh, community of passionate riders who are committed to mastering their wrenching skills. Premium membership will get you access to hundreds of full-length instructional videos mm. led by master Harley-Davidson technicians. And they do know what they're doing. I know that. Um, their videos are focused on helping you develop new wrenching techniques and getting you inspired to complete new projects. So sign up for the Fix My Hug membership for only... $3. There you go. You know what? $3 a year for resource like that? <laughs> Dude, pretty awesome. I mean, you can't amazing. even get a cup of coffee for $3. I tell you what I find the most remarkable out of all of this is that we still have people listening to this podcast who ride Harley Davidson's after years of Liza's <laughs> trash talking. <laughs> no, not just her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, remember, go.fixmyhog.com slash misfits and get your membership. It's, it's, we put our stamp of approval on this. They, they know what they're doing there, and this is a great way to learn. It is the next wave of learning. It's cheaper than Ask Missima on Patreon. Hey, man, you could get a college degree online. Let alone fix the motorcycle. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Yeah. What happened to our last sponsor, a Moto Bandito? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think they got buried they in went, lawsuits. They went belly up. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, the anal flare kit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Low hanging bags. <laughs> um, hey, moin. Hi. Yeah, what's, what's up? up hey, moin. I haven't seen yeah, you in yeah. years, man. Moin con. I'm going to say it. No, don't say it. <laughs> I can world never stop traveler you. yeah definitely entrepreneur world traveler player advocate pakistani moto player cross world champion mm-hmm. bearded <laughs> i just got handed i want to can you your tell ass. Us, can you tell everyone where you just were yeah you guys <laughs> knock you're about to shit your pants oh good tell everyone where you just were um i was at this um this compound called Swamp Swan Pound, mm-hmm. and there are these uh, motocross racers. One of them just won uh, like three days ago the best trick at X Games. Oh Kobe shit, Kobe Raha. Uh-huh. Um, he's uh, because he was at X Games. He wasn't there today, but all his buddies are there. They built this crazy motocross track in the hills. I didn't even attempt. To go close to some of the jumps, I was taking like the <laughs> uh, the easy route out. It was just um, unbelievable, and these guys were just so. I had no, I had never met them. This was the first time I, I was meeting them, and they were just such amazing people. They were, I, I got a free lesson on on how to ride a motocross track yeah. today. Hell it was yeah. it That's was amazing, cool. and I saw another side of Santa Cruz because all, all I know about Santa Cruz is is you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. and, and I and I love all of you. That's why I'm here again. And uh, I just saw another side of of uh, Santa this was Cruz. in Santa Cruz. This was like, um, uh, is it? Oh, is it going up Highway One at the mountains. edge of town? Edge of town, and yeah, it must ta- be near the dump. You take yeah. a right on Highlands. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the f- uh, left takes you all the way there. A bunch of uh, families, kids. What's up, Loma Prieta? But yeah, I think so. Loma yeah. Prieta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's close to the dump. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the dump. It's uh, up by Summit Road, Loma Prieta. Oh, well, oh. That direction. Well, that's where we were supposed to go riding today. But yeah, like, Buzzards Lagoon. Yeah, we were supposed yeah. to go ride yeah, Buzzards. It, it was barely, barely fifteen minutes from here. Wow, yeah. fantastic! Yeah. Wow. Private land. Private land. They had awesome. A, they had a small track for for kids, and there mm-hmm. were some kids riding little sixty five cc bikes and just you know a bunch of turns. And I just. Uh, you know, just visiting these places are like life changing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. uh, the track I have in Pakistan. Uh, my little nephew rides it, and it takes him about ten minutes to do one lap. <laughs> and after one lap, he's like yeah, on the floor. Like, I don't want to ride anymore. So <laughs> I think I'm gonna build a small, small, a bunch yeah. of turns, a so, uh, uh, bunch of big berms for him. Uh, so I have a question for you, Moin, darling. What were you riding today? What were you riding? I was riding my. Uh, uh, a Yamaha 250. Yeah, that's the, right. The and I remember a couple of weeks ago, you had Moto Town's top mechanic working on that <laughs> bike with go. you. So, how did that bike do for you today? Absolutely. When I was about to fly from Pakistan, I was like, I need to fix this bike. I'm only going there for a few weeks. I need to uh, get this running. I haven't turned it on in like three years. And Ooh. then I came here and met Emma. And <laughs> literally, literally, she, I think, gave like maybe 90 seconds to the bike and then the bike kicked in the second try 
<laughs> you look so that's, smug over there. I know. That's, that's the cat ate the mouse. That's Mototown. Mototown for all your bike-related problems. We're specialists. We only do foreign and domestic. Moin. You won't pay more elsewhere. By the way, you won't pay more elsewhere. Did you see who else is on the screen there? Yes. As soon as I sat here, I was like, is that Dom? Is that Dom can see me? There's yeah. a bagel. Hey, bagel. Hey, how's it going, Moeen? Good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you. So good to see you. So good to see all the all the scooters behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're well. Uh, yeah, thanks. Leaving on a big trip on this one tomorrow. Yeah, I, I've been following Brooke uh, all yeah. over. The, on the cannonball? The, all the cannonball. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh my well, yeah. Bagel's leaving, and he's going to go meet the three of us in uh, Ohio next weekend. Hmm. The last time I rode a Vespa scooter was with you, Bagel. Yes. Never again. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Do it again. Death traps. Please, please, please tell me we can do it again. Death traps. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll follow you in my car. <laughs> you, can, you can drive the truck next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Moin, I'll, I'll lead the ride. How, how big were the jumps at this track you were at today? Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> uh, there were a bunch of jumps. I only attempted. Uh, this one 50-footer tabletop. <laughs> the Oof. tabletops that I made in Pakistan, they don't shoot the bike up in the air. Yeah. You just like zoom through. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I, I've jumped like 80 feet or something, but you're like barely five feet off the ground. Yeah. Over here, that 50-footer, <laughs> I did like, I tried at least 25 times. I sh- Did you send it? I, I The 26th time I, s- <laughs> I sent it. And that, was, and that was the only time I cleared the jump. Wow. <laughs> and it was third gear pinned. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, that's, that's, an of, upper, that's an upper echelon of... Yeah, skill those guys were yeah. crazy. Oh. The, the the stuff, the kind of stuff they they were doing there. I was just like, I'm too late to the party. I'm I, <laughs> I don't want any of this. <laughs> and how did you find out about them? Um, I met them at Jim's house. Jim oh, Eckerman. Yeah. yeah. Um, just randomly, and um, one of Jim's uh, housemate, Andy. Um, she had a dirt bike outside, so we started talking, and she's like, uh, she'd love to take me here, and. Here I was. It was amazing. Wow. And this is what I love about uh, California, especially the Bay Area so much. People are just, you connect with people who are who enjoy two wheels. Mm-hmm. You connect at a different level. You don't connect yeah. with people anywhere else in the world like that through motorcycles. But over here, it's you guys are very, very, very fucking lucky. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, you I guys, it. I think we got a field trip in our future. Oh yeah. 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 I want to get lucky. I've never been there. Yeah. I got, I got, I got two collarbones. I can break the other one. I think I can afford to break the other one. Extra incentive for you not to break the collarbone next weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um. I yeah. I want to get some contact info if you have. I'd love to reach out to them. Absolutely. And if there's some of those kind of riders here. I'm like, no way. I want to go check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a super cool place. I'll, I'll uh, give you the deets. So do you, do you think you're going back home a better rider now? Um, I think a bit more, uh, may, maybe a better, hopefully a better track builder. Ah. Oh, so That's important. I don't That's know. We didn't too. really talk about this. So you've been building, I don't know if you know this, Doug. He's been building tracks back home. Cool. Mm-hmm. So first he built a motocross track. Uh-huh. Um, and then he built a his own road racing track. Sweet. Which tell us the, all the vehicles you have there. Yeah, <laughs> we're having fun back there. Uh, it sounds like. And and the pandemic has been 
amazing for for us because we everything was shut down so we had too much time on our all hands this time and, and nothing to do all my time and heavy equipment let's go yeah. rev some motor so the, the tarmac track is uh, is like one point almost two kilometers 1.8 okay. 1.9 kilometers is asphalt uh, it's basically an oversized go-kart track so it's like jim mm. is it jim connor Style? Something like that. Okay. Something well, like maybe that. It sounds like a little faster than Japan. Um, a, a little faster, and yeah. we have a bunch of different cars and motorcycles uh, that y- you can come play with. Um, uh, the first set of cars we got, uh, you know, stuff like this is difficult to find in mm. Pakistan, and if you do find. Yeah. Um, they're either in not so good condition or just way priced high and you have to import them and your taxes and duty. Uh, yeah. So everything is like three times more expensive. So we found these Honda, small Honda cars, about 660cc mid-engine Oh, Ray, oh, Ray wow. Wheel, K cars. Rear wheel drive with a turbo in it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like have you heard of these? Emma, have you heard mm-hmm. of these? S- yes, S2000? please. No. No. Yeah. Not the, Phil imports really, some of those. Really, really not the tiny. S2000s of four right. What are they called? Uh, these are called Honda 660s. They're like the smaller baby brother of the S2000. Oh, that sounds wow. amazing. But they're so much fun. And, uh, you know, this go-kart track, this oversized go-kart track, these cars are just the perfect power on that yeah. track that you need, you know? Anything uh, faster, you'd be, like, stuck in first gear. Oh. Right. <laughs> oh, this looks like fun. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My uh, my mom had an S2000 exactly. in the year oh, S2000. In, in the year 2000, she bought the first the first production year and huh. I, I was in high school with that or just graduated high school so I was out there ripping this that thing around kind of like oh, a so much wicked fun MR2 it's is kind that of futuristic yeah oh, that's let me, cool let me see that yeah it's a good looking little car MR2s are also oh, yeah. uh, 1.8 liter yeah. this is just like 6.6 why don't we get these here I know <laughs> sign me up yeah and what they, else you got up there they're super fun and then we we have some Tony carts I don't know if you guys are familiar with go-karts, but Tony carts are super, super lightweight. And they they have two-stroke motors on it, like race motors. Um, Those carts make me dizzy uh, just going in a straight line there's so much g-force yeah they're only like 125s or wow. something yeah yeah something and, like and yeah. Uh, some of these cars that we have they have 250 two-stroke engines <laughs> and they're just so fast yeah, yeah. you can uh, the track is big but still like third gear um uh, you know uh, yeah, they don't, floating they don't, it they don't weigh anything it feels like my soul is being sucked <laughs> out it's, like, it's coming out of my ears it's just the old uh, rocket engine paper plate theory yeah. like, but of, of course we had to had to build a go-kart ourselves as sure. well and put a stupid ass big engine <laughs> so we put a XR650 engine in one of the go-karts we had to extend we had to extend the, the chassis of the cart and then it has a stick shift right here oh hell yeah and then uh, shifting into from third to fourth is not fun because you're because <laughs> you're going sideways uh-huh. and and the tires on that barely a week on that track and the tires yeah. are, are are done mm. too much power we broke wow. the chassis a few times just rewelded mm. and oh <laughs> you have had a lot of time <laughs> on your hands <laughs> you guys it gets, it gets even better you have a crew there to fix stuff Where, yes. where'd you get your crew <laughs> so um, <laughs> so Porsche Porsche International was in Pakistan they got into some financial trouble whatever and they shut down so uh, we at um, the track is at SA Gardens and the, these guys we together got all their 
mechanics <laughs> on board. Wow. We, he we, has a fleet of Porsche mechanics to take care of his yeah. toys. And the way they've meticulously fixed my dirt bike, that's like money for me right there. Uh-huh. But they fix, they're, they're, they're there for... Um, for cars, for we also uh, as a team at SA Garden, we do uh, rally racing all over the country. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Uh, wow. tell them what kind of truck you got. <laughs> so we have a bunch of. Uh, oh yeah, and he's got a rally, a rally yeah, truck, rally truck, yeah. Yeah. Uh, track like, also. Because wow. you oh, need God. that to complete <laughs> the set. Uh, yeah. 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 So the rally track that I built, it's uh, very close to the the motorcycle tracks. Um, it's about 30 kilometers, a bunch of uh, elevation and stuff. Uh, you can go easy 200 to 10 um, k's on wow. that, not miles, but kilometers. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's. It's 30 kilometers. It's it's short, but still just to practice mm-hmm. for bigger rallies in deserts and in the mountains in sure. Pakistan. This is like the perfect platform. Yeah. And Lahore, my city, well, any uh, anywhere in the country, uh, the tracks are not super accessible, not close to people where live. You know, they're far into the desert. But this track is kind of smack center. Right, right next to Lahore. So a lot of people come and practice. And um, I think there's a new generation who has access to this track who's going to eventually participate in bigger mm-hmm. competitive rallies and beat the old guys who've been winning for like the last yeah. few decades, you know? Yeah. Oh, and we're, so, uh, we're, we're not done yet. Really Hold cool. on. Tell them what your dirt bike is there. Oh, yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, SA Garden, where, where the track is, um, these guys saw me racing on a 250, and uh, everyone else, about 20 other guys, uh, ride 450s and Husky 510s, and in desert races, um, I, I placed second twice, and, and the owner of SA Garden, he was like, you know, I thought you, you knew how to ride a motorcycle. You got second... <laughs> Two times, like what is going on? <laughs> so he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna buy you a bike. Tell me what bike do you want?" So he got me wow. a. Um, uh, I mean, the race team owns it. I don't own it, but he got me a brand new 2020 YZ 450. Oh wow! Yeah. And wow. that thing coming from a 250. Oh yeah, um, you've got all the power. Yeah, it yeah. weighs the same, and it's got. Uh, way way too world. much power that I will yeah. ever be able to utilize, but in in desert races, um, you know I can keep up with the fast guys. Now yeah. I can uh, you know you know hold them a little bit, um, uh, but it's been fun and I've raced on that bike through the pandemic. I think there were four races. Yeah, um, uh, there were five races. I couldn't attend one. I was injured. The other four I won. So mm. wow. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, the, the 400 so, uh, to 450 finish, size seems to be right about the sweet spots for, for desert racing. Because, I mean, the XR650 was dominating yeah. for a long time. And then the 400 started smacking the shit out of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who so. wants to go to Pakistan now? Yeah, yeah right? I, absolutely. So, are you the guy to talk to when it comes to motorsports in Pakistan? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what's happening right now? Yeah. That's what you're telling us? That's the thing. So. And, and I'll, I'll just say, like, uh, we keep introducing him to people. He's the motocross champion of Pakistan, <laughs> which he's so embarrassed by because basically he's creating the industry (laughs) there he's building the track hosting the races and growing the all of the sports yeah it's amazing but my my introduction to moin i mean aside from you know the the whole chikistan and the trip that knock went on is you're something of a celeb you're something of a celebrity back home aren't you 
um, uh, you know, don't, don't you don't you <laughs> do you ask somebody that? Uh, Are you like an underwear uh, model? No, I mean no, Garnier. He's an underwear okay. model. You in, uh, no, you shampoo wrestler. Shampoo. Yeah, I was oh, going to say you do. Yeah. Um, you're on the TV as well, aren't you? Um, uh, I, I think initially when I was uh, a, a bit more prettier when I um, <laughs> when I first moved back to the US uh, from US back home, I uh, I was in the limelight a little bit. Um, but I, I'm not sure if I enjoy uh, that public eye so much. Right. Um, yeah. I, I still do like gigs off and on, uh, small stuff. But I, I, re- I honestly really, really enjoy sitting, standing in the sun with a bunch of big earth moving equipment and just building stuff and, you know, uh, bringing people who have nobody in their family have ridden a motorcycle you know right. girls whose whose families dads brothers don't ride motorcycles but they come and learn at this track That's I, awesome. i'm not a a rider a group rider at all i'm 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 probably probably a c or d but i just uh, the most fun thing for me is uh, is getting somebody on two wheels in in a country like pakistan and then um, you know they taking that experience and then actually you know, buying a motorcycle right. and then going to work on that because they can't afford a car, they can afford a motorcycle. And, you know, so that that whole thing is just, um, is the meat of, oh, right. you know, everything. You I, know, Moin, the, the luckiest amongst us all find our path in life. And I'm very lucky to have found that. And it sounds like you have as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I will say that whatever Moin is doing, he's the guy who delivers. Yeah. That, or if no, you're that's. A pinch, I mean, Moyne will have your back, right? Yeah, if, whatever, more, whatever somebody needs, well, Moyne can deliver, and that's what he does for I living. Think I, <laughs> I, I think I fail a lot, but I try my best to give my hundred percent. Well, you know, there's a responsibility because what you're, you're taking a lot of people who've never been outside the U.S. before and introducing them to a different country, but a completely different culture as well so there is a responsibility with that to make sure everybody's kept safe to make sure nobody offends anybody else or gets offended and just make keep them safe and keep them happy absolutely so yeah don't sell yourself short you you do a very good job of that i believe and you've been getting some good riding in while you're here oh yeah 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 i went to uh, hollister with uh, mike and mm, charlie charlie that was they tried to kill you that was that was epic they did they tried their best <laughs> <laughs> i I, pre- I squeezed my front brake when i when they were like really going at it you know i was like I, I, i'm stopping parked right here uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but i had a great time went to carnegie with scott nice um, um oh carnegie's a blast yeah but yeah. Their, their motocross track has like boulders oh no, like yeah. dirt rocks but like that, that motocross track is gnarly there yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> and uh you're gonna be going back soon yes to Pakistan? I think in, in like four days three days where i get to see you soon yes yeah. one month month and a half or something yeah something like that it's coming yeah. up yeah. That's yeah. why this You is, can't get away from her. <laughs> this is why John is running the board tonight cuz mm-hmm. I got to teach him for when I'm gone. Yeah. I know. Well, it's so exciting. I'm so glad to have you here having a lot of fun and um I now I got to go find out about this motocross track. Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know if you if you're thinking about extending your trip a little bit just to come, <laughs> I know. just to come I to know. Lahore oh, and I know. Yeah. check out my compound there <laughs> I need oh, to come back should, yeah. for that um, I wanted to I think we got a little more time I wanted to talk real quick about 
Um, <laughs> our favorite misfit, award-winning Mike. Oh, Mikey. Yeah. Mikey, uh, Mikey, Mikey. Let's see, Jim, Mikey. I think yeah. you missed this yeah, whole yeah, thing today. You missed the, the debacle. Was this today? <laughs> so here's yeah. the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We, we, we need to approach this I, I'm carefully. going to. I'm going to. Um, Mike was um, interested in purchasing a used bike from somebody right. who flips bikes. And it sounded like a really cool bike. And in fact... The XV920 Virago is a very common donor engine. Um, I think the, the Virago 920 is not a spectacular bike at, in its stock form. Right. But that motor is, and you can see some really Well, this cool wasn't a Virago custom. engine. This was an XV920R. This was the chain drive one. Okay. Um, they're great engines. You can find some really cool. Billy Joel has one that right. looks like a Vincent. Right. Um, and this one, we don't know who turned it into a cafe racer, but it went from a cruiser to a cafe racer. And Mike, I think had pie eyes cause it looks cool. So he went to go check it out and take it for a test ride, which he did a test ride down to the garage. He pulled up in covered in smoke and the smell <laughs> of oil. And yeah. I will let Emma take it from here. Well, you know, I want to make it clear that it was a nice bike, and as surprising as you may find it, the cafe racer genre is never one I liked. I've never... Hmm. It's not a bad genre, it's just not my cup of tea. To me, a cafe racer is a Triton. You know, it's a, it's a pre-unit Triumph engine in an Orton frame. And a Virago will never really make a cafe racer. And I know that probably upsets a lot of people, but it's just, it's not my bag. So I was kind of approaching it just from what is this thing? <laughs> um, An it's very white. <laughs> it, you know, from, from a dis, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. Jim showing me a picture of it. Once the smoke um, went away, it was a 10 footer. I would say. It was a bike that some thought had gone into it, but it was about 70% there. Um, and, and this is exactly why I want to talk about it, because there were signs. There were signs. And this is what I want to talk about. For anyone looking to buy a bike, there are signs. And there smoke. Were, and there were... <laughs> that was smoke. And well, First the smoke all. comes in. So we'll deal with each individual thing. There was the classic thing. The wiring on it was extremely hokey. Yeah. Crimp on um, Ace Hardware. Uh, butt splice connectors. Butt splice yeah. connectors. Like to what me, we use on ours. <laughs> yeah. It's, to me, it's the kiss of death. Mm -hmm. If if you're wiring a bike, you use proper Japanese mm -hmm. connectors or you do solder joints. You know, that's this crimp on stuff and just badly, badly routed, badly fitting. Um, the carburation was all over the place. The front plug was very, very black. The back plug was very, very pale. It was literally all over the place, right? There was like um, a fuel yeah, coming was, out of the ground. Fuel it, was, anywhere, yeah. it had a severe leak from the front carburetor. There was gas sure. pouring out of the air filter on the side and out of the and exhaust and pipe. The exhaust pipe. And the exhaust, yes. well, because of course it dumped it all into the combustion chamber I, and then yeah, out. I, I sat on it and tilted it upright and then the gas, the gas just gas went came right out of the, uh, the air filter. Um, not gas yeah. 
the um, the smoking. What the the problem oh, yeah. is when people build cafe racers, they think, oh, we've got to wrap the pipes, got to yes, wrap, wrap the pipes, pipes. <laughs> wrap the pipes because they're good. But the trouble is the the wrapping is a fiber material. Mm-hmm. So if you have an oil leak, it soaks into the fiber mm-hmm. and then everything starts smoking and smelling bad. That bike had multiple oil leaks. There was oil everywhere. Well, another sign on the, the side cover that was leaking, there was visible gasket maker protruding. Right. Not gasket. Gasket maker. That's a sign of somebody. As you said, you looked it up. That's a $25 gasket. So if they're taking shortcuts. Right. The gasket's still available yeah. from Yamaha. It's a yeah. good part number. It's, you know, the retail on it was 25 bucks. You know, anyone could, you could probably buy sign. it for 20 Well, um, I feel like you probably had a better chance making one out of a cardboard, like, cereal box. My actual, favorite you know, gasket cornflakes. material will always be a cornflake box. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Always. <laughs> It's the best gasket material ever made. Uh, there were some other signs. For instance, it had what I thought looked like pretty nice rear sets on it. Right. But. Yeah, but the, the, the way the rear sets were set up, and this is very, very important for people. You've got to think about the mechanics. You know, go back to school and think about your class in physics. If you have a crank with a rod coming off it, it's at its optimum when the angle between the rod and the crank is about 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. So when you operate it, it goes either just beyond or just the other side of mm-hmm. 90 degrees. Well, this one, the rod was obviously too long. So the crank was at this crazy sort of 60-degree angle. And then the, the, the crank on the pedal was at a sort of 60-degree angle going the other way. So the consequence was the rear brake felt very hokey. And there were just things like it had got a very nice rear shock on it, so big plus there. Mm -hmm. But to get the shock to fit, they just kind of stuffed in a load of washers either side of a pin. Yeah, and then there was a cotter cotter pin. And there's just a cotter pin (laughs) holding it all. It It was extremely hokey. It's a fully adjustable shock, but like the rebound adjuster was blocked by body work. All you had to do to cure that was turn the shock the other way. And nobody had thought of that. Um, wow. So, you know, it's just, it was, you'd stand back and look at it and think, okay, this thing's got potential. Mm-hmm. But then it, you, you'd you kind of focus in and realize how much work. And Mike said, well, listen, let you know, I want to buy it and just give it to you to, to work on. And I said, Mike, make no mistake. <laughs> I will spend two and a half, three thousand dollars $3,000 on this bike very quickly, yeah. really quickly. Oh, another sign. The tires yeah. first were mismatched and very oversized and very oversized. and they were 12 years old right oh and the expiration on the tags was 2014 so, it, so it, this, it, this thing had been sitting for a long time my guess is what had happened with this bike it had been built a long time ago it's probably built maybe eight nine years ago when these bikes are more fashionable than mm-hmm. they are now i know you, Liza said the cafe racer thing's never going to go away. And that's yeah. largely true, but there are cafe racers and cafe racers. Uh, as and I said, as long as they keep making 20-year-old men, right. <laughs> the cafe racers uh, will be in. And, you know, the whole, the whole sort of Virago and XV movement came out of L.A., this guy called Hagerman, mm-hmm. who was churning these things out. And it was a very formulaic build. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to have a Benelli Mojave fuel tank and a little bump stop seat and this little subframe, which he eventually marketed. And they were very, very voguish about 
eight to ten years ago, and they've kind of lost vogue a little now. It was one of them bikes. So I'm guessing it was probably made about seven or eight years ago. And my prediction was when it was new, it probably did quite well. I mean, it's the kind of bike you take to a local show and the people are, ooh, ah, you know, it's got a nice shiny paintwork. But there was just so many of my pet peeves on the bike. It's like, why have this beautiful paint job on a bike and rusty nuts and bolts holding it together? Mm -hmm. You know, kick down for some chrome nuts and bolts or stainless steel or just nice and nicely finished stuff. Don't just slap a load of flat black paint. You know, get a bit of chroming done. Yes, chroming is expensive, but, you know, it's just... So, and uh, I think what we were telling Mike is, we're not saying don't get it, but... but Understand all the things going in. Uh, the gentleman, do. okay, I felt was asking all the money for so, it. The guy was wanted five grand for that. Yeah, thing. wanted five grand Whoa. for it. Yeah, it like no bueno, which that. we all said was a thirty-five hundred dollar bike. Yeah, I think it was less than that. Shit, if it, it wasn't leaking out. stuff, I mean, right? I'd rather get a modern right. super sport. It's not even a good looking five grand. And all it takes, and make no mistake, oh, it's only a, it's only an oil leak. Only an oil leak can be just a gasket okay so just a gasket mm-hmm. 45 a, minutes labor and a 25 dollar gasket well couple hundred gasket couple of hundred bucks now you've got your gasket fixed well now hang on mm-hmm. it could be a helicoil a stripped thread so oh, now you've got yeah. a helicoil it well a helicoil it's now a helicoil to do it properly to do a properly machined mm-hmm. helicoil so it could be that it could be a crack case. Oh, you yeah. simply mm. don't know. But when yeah. it's a flipper who's selling it and they haven't done these simple things, that personally, for me, yeah. when I sell a bike to somebody, I want to know that, that I'm selling them a safe vehicle. And the fact that he let Mike go on a test ride leaking oil and gas. I wonder if he knew. It seemed like a good idea. <laughs> you know, perhaps. Yeah, I don't right? think he knew like the thing was leaking oil. I think he just got the bike, put he gas on it. Just you know, it didn't go on the ground. It went under or the, maybe, exhaust, yeah. the exhaust wrap. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like I like to or give or maybe people. maybe he just thought Mike was going to take it around the block. Right. But yeah. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't think anybody would knowingly say, oh, it's an unsafe bike. Go out and take a test ride. Sure. I think he just genuinely didn't know. But the bike needed a lot of help. I will say, though, it sounded phenomenal. It sounded good. That big mm. twin engine and those, like, Dunstall-style uh, exhaust, it sounded great. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it hooked up pretty well. Really nice. It needed a little help with the carburation, but it's, you know, they've got a nice noise to them. Um, so the, he was able to start it and ride it out of here. Oh, yeah. Despite the... Massive amounts of fuel coming out of the air. Well, we did we did a little diddling on the carbs, and we oh. we got them. You know, that's my mantra. <laughs> Not you push them in, you ride them out. You, you diddle them, and then you push them out. You ride them out, and then we we did the vino today as well. Yeah. So I'm just curious here in the room. Let's uh, take a vote. Who here thinks that Mike bought the bike regardless? Uh, he's one, a stubborn two. fucker. So yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna yes, three, four. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I so think cool, right now Mike owns that Virago. Now here's uh, the question: Will Mike have the balls to bring it down to Emma? Uh, to uh, work on? <laughs> no, I, Mike I he tows it. No, Mike's going to bring it down to me. If he buys it, he'll bring it down to me, no question. And you know, he'll probably tell me what he paid for it because you know, me and Mike have that kind of friendship, that relationship, because he knows I'm not going to judge him, at least not to his face. 
Um, <laughs> Only on the podcast, I would be. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I, I told him offer 2200 and yeah. point out all the issues. All the things, yep. And basically, you're ha- going to have to do a teardown of everything. But, yeah. The, the, I think the point wow. I want to make about all this, because it, it's very easy to think, oh, yeah, we're trashing Mike, and we're not. No, we're not. No, the not lessons to be learned from this is when you buy a custom bike, when you buy a custom mm-hmm. bike, remember, you're, you're buying something that's not been built by the manufacturer. It is no longer a product of Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's largely true of any used bike. I mean, you know, you're buying a product that's been... You're buying a bike that's the product of somebody who's been maintaining it for the last 10 years. But when you buy a full custom bike, you're buying somebody else's dream. And people (laughs) have wildly different skill levels and wildly different expectations about what makes a good bike. Mm -hmm. And to put it into perspective, I sold my Guzzi for five grand. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is an ex-show winner. Yeah. And that bike, I would guarantee anybody, you could ride it across the country. And it's safe, and it doesn't leak oil, and it sounds bitching, and it ticks all the boxes. And I felt that was a fair price for that Mm -hmm. bike. Because it's a custom bike. Unless you are absolutely at the top of your game. A custom bike's not going to fetch as much as a stock one. Well, I thought your Guzzi was worth more. But in this case, I felt like this is one of those cool-looking cafe racer that some young guy is going to buy. Five grand to them is still cheaper than any new bike at the dealership. And just like Mike, who saw an actually like a nice-looking lines, um, good, you know, cool engine, a a, a somewhat rare-ish People, you know, uncommon bike, and I think he saw that just like any young guy would, and was like, "Oh, I want it." Are you saying he's immature? No, no, no I'm saying that Mike has good aesthetics, yeah, and I thought that that bike actually had cool, cool lines and was kind of uncommon, and I think that was okay. the draw for him. So um, we'll see. Well, I guess we'll have to wait next week to see what he got it for. But <clears throat> until then, Emma. Yes, darling. You have an email I want you to read. Oh, God, I lost it. You better find it because this is a really good one. Did you turn it into a paper airplane or something? <laughs> She's drawing <laughs> dicks on it. I and shit. wrote your name on it because it's really oh, special. Like, what, are, what are you doing okay. right now? <laughs> no, oh my I don't know what I did. Even more no, special. I didn't. I haven't made any paper John's planes out of anything. <laughs> You're upsetting the dog. <laughs> It says your name at the top. Okay. This is a quality production, people. Well, all she's looking for that. Yeah. Douglas, can you read the one you have? Sure. This one is oh, titled... It's right here. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Is this it? Yeah, that's it. Knock was sitting on it, it guys. Right <laughs> Knock was okay. sitting on it. Maybe. Knock. All right. Hold on, Douglas. Yeah. Emma, go ahead, because this is a good one. There's some really uh, good points in here. Uh... Well, I've got... Do you want me to read the one from Ethan? Is it the one that says your name at the top? Yeah, Emma. Yeah. Okay. So this says, Liza, happy birthday. Thank you. From Ethan Meyer. Yes. To us. From Ethan in Portland with a gold CB450. Mm. Um, I've been looking forward to wishing us happy birthday ever since I learned of our shared birthday, which is <laughs> July 17th, a.k.a. the emoji... July 17th, July 17th birthday, a.k.a. the best birthday. I think that was the wrong one. 
And thank you. True. <laughs> I told you, Liza. It What's has underneath my name. it? What's underneath it? Okay. Is there another email? I think I got stapled on. Episode hashtag four oh five update this from Mike it. Williams. Here we go. All right. Thank you. Hello, Liza and the Misfits. Hey. Um, five months ago, I had the chance to be a part of the Light at the End of the Tunnel episode, number yeah. 405, where we talked about our hopes for motorcycling in a post-COVID world. God, you guys remember that? I mean, we're in the yeah. light now, but... Yeah. yeah. Even, even though we are not yet fully out of the pandemic, I wanted to give you an update and let you know... That my two wheel goals for 2021 have already been achieved. Mazel tov. On the show, I talked about my plans to participate in the Motorcycle Relief Project, a therapeutic adventure riding school for veterans and first responders. Do you guys remember we've had them on the show before? I remember Mike very, very well. Not only did MRP introduce me to the joy of off road riding, I got to meet some amazing people and find some healing. I would recommend the program to anybody dealing with emotional garbage as a result of their service. Amen, Mike. A week in the mountains of Arizona with expert instructors allowed me to do things on a motorcycle I never knew possible. The confidence and relationships we built were life-changing. There are no quick fixes in life, But ever since I got back, things have been pointed in the right direction. A BMW 1200GS has been added to my garage, and weekly, I wonder where this road goes, rides help keep me sane. Nice. Nice. The other goal you encouraged me to pursue was my desire to learn how to do a bit of wrenching. My brother-in-law's old Buell Blast had sat unused for 10 years. Oh, poor blast. That's a good pick to start It on. became my guinea pig. It is impossible to overstate how much I had to learn. Taking the gas tank off felt like rocket science. Hmm. Yeah. Between the manual, lots of YouTube videos, I eventually learned how to change oil and check fluids. That's great. I, after five months, I took the blast in for its safety inspection. Besides being required for registration as a first-time tinkerer, I wanted a professional to double-check my work. I am happy to say the bike passed with flying colours. Excellent. Nice. My mechanic only charged me for half an hour and said there wasn't really anything for him to do. While I am still a beginner, after five months of work, the Buell is officially up and running. Yesterday morning, I took it for its first outing. The Blast is a tiny, vibrating, goofy machine, but Emma was right. It is. Getting it into a full tuck on the interstate on a bike I worked on was truly amazing. I've said it before, and I've said it again. If you were sitting on a bike you have laid your hands on, and you're giving it the beans, there is no feeling on earth like it. It feels great. Mm -hmm. It really does. Thank you for encouraging Neophytes like me to dip our toes ever so slightly into the mechanical waters. I appreciate all the effort you put into the podcast. You have introduced me to some amazing people, and I am grateful for the chance to have been able to be a small part of a couple of episodes. Keep up the great work. Have a fun time at AMA Vintage Days. Thanks, Mike. Mike, Hell thanks yeah, for writing in. I and love so, everything about that email. Yeah, that's yeah. a great email. Congrats so awesome. on taking the step, dude. To yeah. me, I always look for the for the second prize. I mean, the first prize, of course, is the email itself. 
And so I am looking through the pictures that Mike has sent. And my favorite out of all of the pictures, he sent lots of pictures of his bikes and a couple with him sitting on them. And there is a picture of him sitting on his blast. And the picture is entitled Test Sit JPEG. (laughs) And he has got the greatest smile and this is the smile of somebody who's just fixed his own motorbike that's right mm-hmm. isn't that nice. great good job shit. mike good good shit, look at that face so Indeed. well done mike um you know we tend when we're, we're faced with something brand new like laying your hands on on your bike if you've never done it before it can seem like an insurmountable task so just take a bite at it i mean it 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 happens to me as well. I mean, I'm presented with a Vincent Black Shadow that hasn't run in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And you look at the whole project and you think, God, I'll never get through this. <laughs> but you you just take little bites at it and just keep biting away at it and just building your confidence, just biting away at little bits. And then before you know it, the thing's done and off you go. And you're getting it safety inspected. The mechanic said, good job. The thing I love the most, um, knowing that he went to Motorcycle Relief Project basically learned how to ride an adventure bike, which then got him to buy a GS. Mm-hmm. And, and then he just attacked this, this, uh, this small bike to like right. learn how to wrench. Just knowing, since he you know, first messaged us, how much growth and oh, healing yeah. and empowerment that he has gone through, I'm just like so elated and happy for him yeah, because great. motorbikes it's huge because of motorbikes motorbikes so congratulations yeah. Um, yeah, I got man. a real quick one and then we'll go with Douglas uh, this is cool uh, this one is from Mike D and hello Mike he says thanks for a most entertaining podcast I want to make this short if you have not watched Himalaya Calling Achtung. on Prime Video it is a must Ewan and Charlie's uh, Way Round series spawned many knockoff ADV series but in my opinion these two German guys nailed it the series is dubbed in English very well I might add but it doesn't take away from the ride one bit and he says check it out uh, peace Mike D uh, and I did, and I did check it out. I've seen that. Is it and good? It, yeah, it, yeah, it looks good. It is dubbed, but um, and it's got a voiceover kind of explaining what's going on, almost like a nature video kind of thing, but with a little more humor. It almost reminded me of, remember that movie back when about the little African guy who got hit in the head with a Coke with bottle? With a Coke bottle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was oh. That the gods must be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Right. must be crazy. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah, it was done that. like a little bit like that with like a yeah. voiceover and these guys going through their stuff. <laughs> and then every now and then they talk and it was an English voice dub, but oh, I thought it was dubstep because then Doug no. would definitely <laughs> yeah, be one. No. <laughs> um, but thank you for turning me on to another series on Amazon. Yeah, cool. Himalaya Calling. Check it out. Himalaya Is it Calling. In the they go through Pakistan. Hmm. Yeah. Have you heard of it, Moin? I haven't. I'm just writing it down. Yeah, they're Himalayan Is... Calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, so, do you know if it's available in the original German? I do not, unless you can get German. I know Amazon. nothing. I don't know. Because I would be interested in watching the original. Yeah, I, I prefer to watch uh, um, bagel. With subtitles. Surely dubbed. you mean not subtitles dubbed. Sure, you mean I, like sh- I prefer subtitles. Yeah, I do too. Surely uh, bagel, you mean das echte. Okay. Das echte genau. Ja, ja. <laughs> ja, ja. Douglas. Yes. What you got there? 
This uh, comes from Alexander. He says, hello, Is that hello. Alexander Graham Bell? Hello. Alexander the Great. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Alex writes, uh, I have an 04 Hondo Shadow. Hondo? Honda, Honda. 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 Shadow Sabre 1100. Anytime. <laughs> Sabre. <laughs> Anytime rain is in the forecast, I avoid mm-hmm. riding. I'm personally. Wait, what's that? Rain? Can you rain. guys shut the fuck up for a moment? How? Wow. <laughs> no, no aggression in the room here. Rain, what is Yikes. that? Anytime rain is in the forecast, I avoid riding. I'm personally not comfortable riding in the rain. The other day I was leaving work. No rain was in the forecast, but halfway home it starts to rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gas station about 200 yards away. I was going to try to make it there and wait out the rain. Well, about 100 yards from the gas station, my bike died and it would not start back up. Oh, damn. I left it on the roadside, on the side of the road, and my wife picked me up. Uh, A couple hours after the rain stopped, I went back and the bike fired right up. Okay. Of course, like it does. Uh, Is it normal for a bike to die when it's raining out, or is there something that needs to be addressed? Thanks, Alex. I would like... Your bike is water-soluble, I wouldn't like riding in the rain either (laughs) if I was him. Um... No, it's, it's really very, very simple. The rain or water is an extremely good electrical conductor. It's probably one of the most efficient, yeah. in fact. So what you'll find is, and probably you're a victim of your, your, your own self, because the bike has only been used in the dry, you'll probably find that the rubber parts around the spark plug caps mm-hmm. or even the rubber on the high-tension leads is kind of dried out and hokey. Mm-hmm. And so it rained yep. and everything shorted out. Uh, yeah, it's an yeah, yeah. 04. So what yeah. kind of bike is it? 04 Honda Honda Shadow Saber. Honda Honda Shadow. I was wondering, yeah, I was like thinking like maybe the um, uh, the front wheel splashing uh Here's here's your friend ahead. here Alex. Um go to Ace Hardware. Mm-hmm. And buy yourself a little can of WD40 and WD stands for water displacer. So, um, if it does it again, find your spark plug caps, spray the living shit out of them with (laughs) WD-40, and just follow the leads back. And I'm trying to remember on that Sabre. I think the coils are under the tank, so give it a good spray under there as well. Mm. And just just spray everything with WD-40 and off you go. Um, Because it will displace all the water. And what you'd actually see, particularly if you're at night, you'd see a little firework display under there. So mm. you'd see the, the, the very high voltage coming down the spark plug wires. And instead of going into the sparking plug and sparkling it, it would be sort of turning left and going into the cylinder head, mm-hmm. which mm. is not good. After reading that email, I, I thought, oh, I wonder if my bikes are waterproofed. I checked the forecast. We do have rain due January 28th. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. January 28th, 2023. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's the forecast. Could it, like, could it be possible to, like, his front tires splashing water into the plug wheel in the front cylinder? Yeah. I mean, it's all like, water. Yeah. It's all water. Down. Okay, crazy um, idea. Should he be in a dark garage with a, everything shut and, and spray it down with a hose? Yeah, and, you can do that. And, and, and look for the spark. Yeah. Look for the spark. I've done that before. Oh. Yeah. Like, oh, that's how you, you know, light your bike on fire. I know there are... <laughs> Been there. Make, sure, oh, your, make no. sure your garage door is open, please. Um, Moyne, <laughs> I, know that, I know there are deserts in Pakistan. I mean, uh, are there areas of Pakistan that have a lot of rain? Or? Uh, like, uh, there's seasons. Yes. So right now, the monsoon season is going on. 
and in in some in in the south in Karachi um people actually can't get to their houses or get out cuz there's like 4 5 6 feet of water in their street wow Whoa. and uh, it's really funny the first time i went to karachi in the in the monsoon season they had you know regular cars with their exhaust pipes at the bottom <laughs> almost everyone had like a rubber hose pipe sort of thing coming up and then, uh, and then like a re- reverse uh, snorkel yeah and then a thread wow. holding the pipe into and the thread is going mm-hmm. in the trunk <laughs> oh my <laughs> just another pipe up there um that <laughs> reason so, so we do get a lot a lot of rain um, now what about in lahore in your hometown uh, monsoon hits Uh, Lahore and all the way south the mountains kind of block the right. the, the heavy clouds so monsoons don't hit the himalayas so much but lahore is lahore is lahore sees all four seasons all four seasons no snow but crazy crazy amount of rain every year okay well i know we get no sympathy here but uh the last two weekends going down to monterey it was like going riding through winter in between and the fog yeah. i used heated grips mm. and heated seat <laughs> i'm yeah. just saying it was weird <laughs> that was that was the first time i used uh, heated grips on liza's oh. ktm they're nice yeah up. it was cold i wish i had those when i was crossing turkey a few years ago <laughs> i know well the I scary know. thing about the weather talk about rain is we may uh, dry lightning is in the forecast tonight so. oh i like dry lightning no. well not no, if you're we in the mountains yeah yeah, yeah so. no yeah. that's what started all this fires by my house last year right. so. no you want to stand on top of the mountain with a golf club above your head no. No. I was on a mountain in a thunderstorm a couple of weeks and ago curse of god yes <laughs> we hit the truck well I think that wraps it up um, another good show a lot of stuff a going really on a really good show um, I think we're going to have so next week we're going to be I'm going to be posting the show from right. Uh, uh, vintage days. Come say hi to us if you're there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. who's running the garage next week, Liza? Uh, you are. And that means you will all do exactly what I say. It's, it's actually Miss Emma's reign of terror in It horrible. It is Miss Emma's reign of terror next week. <laughs> We got a different kind of monsoon. It's That's her right. Après moi, le déluge. Uh, so, if you're going to AMA Vintage Days, make sure you look for us. Um, um We're going to be over by the party corner you're in the campground. Be, you're going to be over hanging around behind the toilet. We're going to be just in front of... Uh, you look for the... Not a ramp in front of our campsite. Yeah, not a ramp. <laughs> I was talking to yes. uh, to John earlier today about like cool stuff to, to, or just what to do there. Don't forget about the swap meet. Yeah. The swap oh, yeah. meet. Oh, yeah. Make time, like hours to go stroll through the swap meet. Well, also, I'm going to have uh, stickers and buffs and maybe a couple t-shirts with me. So Rad. if I happen to spot you or you spot me and you're wearing a Motorcycles and Misfits t-shirt. Does Phil still have the dirt chariots? Uh, no, those got left behind. Uh, make sure you come Aww. say hi. I got some um, swag to so give out. So are we doing the ginger greeting for a bagel too over there? Yeah, kiss a ginger. <laughs> kiss a ginger. 25 <laughs> cents. Um, and I do want to apologize to um, any fans I have who were disappointed I'm not going. I think everybody in this room is glad I'm not going. Of course um, not. <laughs> but Well, now that I know we're sharing a trailer, yes, yes. I am glad. <laughs> um, But I really am so desperately busy. I just opened my own bike shop, which constantly is called Mototown. Mototown yeah. for the best used bikes. Mototown for the highest quality repairs. Do you have bikes for sale? You won't pay more elsewhere. Um, 
Occasionally. Mm. I'm not, that's not my business. Mm -hmm. I fix motorcycles. However, however, if I have a used bike for sale and I have had a couple and Liza has bought one of them, it's something that I get in and I really do it as a pet project. I'll get a bike in that I know I can sell like a KLR 650 mm. and I'll just go through it front to back Yeah, and I'll completely lose my ass on it. But it doesn't matter because to me, the fun is just taking something, just bringing it up to the highest specification, you know, and then selling it on and look at the adventure that that bike's had exactly sometimes you just gotta play the crowd pleasers you know yeah exactly you know but it's it's it's, you know it's not it's not the business i'm in i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not a dealer in any way shape or form i am a motorbike repair woman in fact that bike went on adventure and has a name it's called pig pig Exactly. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, so look for us. And Emma, uh, thanks for holding down the shop. I know you got a Ducati to work on next weekend. Um, oh, good And just a reminder if you are in the area, come down and visit on a Sunday. We enjoy it. I think Emma will especially enjoy it since we won't be there. Oh, I love visitors. Exactly. I love tormenting strangers. Uh, yeah, come um, say hi. You know, we'll go do a Westcliff ride. And I didn't mention the what we did out in the garage. I had a pie station. Yeah, you did. In the garage today. That's right. <laughs> um, are you going to come down next week and help me, Doug? Uh, I should be here, yeah. good Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's do a little West Cliff drive. Okay. Naked? Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. Let's do it again. So thanks to everyone, especially our Patreon subscribers. Who are the best people in the world? Yes, exactly. They're pretty true. If I could give them Nobel Peace Prizes, I would. <laughs> I can, if I could give them that, I would. Wow. That was the dog, wasn't it? Stop oh, squeezing the dogs. Yes, yeah, some, some uh, Don't forget to go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You'll find all of our stuff there. And check out our YouTube channel. In fact, pretty soon we're going to be doing some more we Misfits are. videos. But if you go to uh, our um, merch place, you can buy a mug with me sleeping yeah. with a Yamaha. A mug with your mug on it? Yeah. Yes. Zazzle.com <laughs> recycle garage. I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone. This is Liza. Douglas. Moeen. <laughs> what? what? It's uh, Little and Stumpy John. Plant Dad. Amen, darling. Thank you, Jim. Mm-hmm. And we're out of here. Cool. 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 cool.